0: Welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello. This week is no exceptions. We roll into episode 190, our Will Smith episodes. Here we go. Timed it to perfection. Last week, right? <laughs> right. So we've done this a few times. We've done episodes on like, you know, for example, Amy Adams, we've done Wes Anderson, we've done Spielberg. Sometimes we take it, you know, a, an actor, a director, a, you know, and we look Look at their work. Yeah. Just, you know, we'd look at that and look at the filmography, the little about themselves. Top you know. three. It's always fun. Gerald Butler episode. That went down a treat. And it's really important to do is randomly. Yeah. We picked them randomly. We did Independence Day. At the end of it, we were like, should we do Will Smith yeah, next we, week? We thought nothing's bad is going to happen between now and then. But we've got a history, haven't we, of putting our idols on pedestals and then them pissing and shitting everywhere. <laughs> When Will Smith acted the way he did this week, he didn't think about us he and did, how didn't. that might affect our downloads. <laughs> you dickbag. <laughs> but we're in a predicament then because we could not do the episode, but we've watched Wallsmith Smith movies, we've prepped for this, yeah. and we put an episode out each week so it doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room to kind of change last minute. So it's like, well, we're going to have to go ahead with it. But do go back to last week's episode, which was recorded before the Oscars when we did Independence Day. And at the end, we say we're going to do Wallsmith. Smith. We are not trying to jump on a publicity bandwagon of the events of Will Smith or anything like that, or trying to capitalise on what is a horrific event. Yeah, exactly. The only thing we concerned ourselves was was that he punched an alien. Exactly. That was it. He welcomed him to Earth, to be fair, so it wasn't nicety about it. So we're going to get into that in a few minutes' time. Uh, But before that, we'll talk about any movie news, anything we've been up to this week. I quite like these weeks, James, because you've been away. I have been away. Been to Stratford-upon-Avon to see the Bard. And we, so we haven't really kind of caught up. So I don't know what you've seen. Yeah, exactly. I don't know your opinion of the Oscars. And you know, it could be my, I could have been anything, mate. I could have watched all the Harry Potters for no reason. (laughs) It's always an exciting time. It is always an exciting time. So we'll do that. Then we'll go into a Walsmith chat, try and spit a bit of positivity, but no doubt we'll have to talk about, you know, the very controversial events that have happened at the Oscars. I'm, I'm going to start
1: very controversially to begin with now, mate. Did you know? The Cadbury bar is shrinking by ten percent, but the price is staying the same. Bullshit. Mate, this fucking government. <laughs> Last draw, mate. Just it hurts, mate. It just hurts. I'm getting, I'm getting bigger. If my food's getting smaller. <laughs> I feel like a giant. Yeah, costs a so grand to buy Fredo now. I know it's, it's ridiculous. You know, times are changing. However, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something good. You know, something that's delightful. Something that will lift us. Well. I don't know about you, mate. With the '90s, it was a great time to be a, a film fan, especially a British film fan. The city of Sheffield, mate, was down on its luck. Needs some rejuvenation, and that came in the form of the film, the Full Monte I heard about this, and they're only bringing it back for like an eight-part series. I'm so excited. They've got the original cast as well. So there was a, there was a picture of them, Robert Carlyle's there, was uh, there, um... I can't remember the rest. Tom Wilkinson was one. <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom Wilkinson's in it as well. So, so we're really looking forward to this kind of brilliance because really, what's great about that film is it shows there's a lot of fun. You know, these steel workers don't have jobs. They're in they're in the job centre trying to better themselves, and then they you know decide to strip stripples gear, mm. make some money, and then now the city of Sheffield's re you know completely different now. You know, it was a workman's mm. town. Now it's like centre of excellence and new things. I've... I've got a cynical bone in my body, but I'm genuinely looking forward to this
0: with a smile on my face going, I wonder
1: what they're up to now.
0: Yeah. Here, yeah, lad, put wood into <laughs> o all and drop your knickers. Exactly. But... What I mean, is it gonna be the usual where they get a load of actors that are now older and they have to teach the new generation? So are they gonna teach new teach them how to get naked <laughs> new miners? Oh my god. Yeah, I never even thought about it. But there is a whole new cast. But I'm really looking forward to it. I think that just looks fun. I remember watching it in the uh, 90s thinking, God, I hope this gets a spin-off season <laughs> in 20 odd years. Do um because gravity, James. Yeah, cause... it's not gonna help. <laughs> it's gonna help. <laughs> um, other
1: than that. Said goodbye to a TV series called The Last Kingdom it was his last series on Netflix. What a brilliant. I know, I know it's an overarch, it's like five, six series. No, you haven't seen them. No spoilers. But it does that thing that TV series don't always do that well. It ends quite well. There's a nice bookend. You can see where it's going. It leaves enough that apparently there's talk, that they want to do a film. It leaves enough that you've got that. But if it never comes, you've got a succinct
0: storyline and it's mm. beautiful and brilliant. I like to think that when you've watched in my head, there's a James that lives in my head, James. Yep. And I like to think, when you've watched a successful TV series, you go outside in the garden and just do something ceremonial, like mm. raise a flag, light, you know, fire a cannon, do something. I plant a flower. So there you go. There so you the go. world knows. Oh, you go past and you're like, oh, James has watched something good this week. So what's going on there? Yeah. You usually get Esther to do it though, to be fair. Because <sighs> the garden is
1: and here's something I know that we said we were going to do for the future and we know we're going to build it up, and I haven't finished it yet. I just going to tell you now that Peacemaker might be one of my favourite TV oh, series. It's so good. i started it, that this week, yeah. And it does the brilliant thing whereas DC got so dark and you always wonder how are they going to do this. So Marvel, because it's quite, not, it's not campy, but I'm going to use the word campy, because it's campy, be lighthearted, they can time travel and stuff and it fits in their ethos quite well. But you wonder how the DC was going to handle this ridiculousness with the humour that it wants. And that the Suicide Squad, James Gunn did a very good job of mirroring. You know, there's a star from outer space, but you've got, you know, all of these characters dying and like doing brutal things. And it mirrored quite well. So I was worried, how's he going to do in a TV series? And mate, John Cena is next level brilliant. Mm. Peacemaker on, it's was now on Now TV. I saw it on Sky go. All of it's there. You don't have to wait a week. You can binge all 10 if you want. I could only binge the five. It's been a busy week, but I'm so looking forward to the next five hours that that's going to solve for me because the Peacemaker is
0: a phenomenal, loving it, brilliant, great. I, I like it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm only three episodes in, I think. Oh, we're not that, we're not that different then. Yeah, um, but I am really enjoying it. I think you're right. John Cena has has created, and James Gunn have created, a character there that has no right to be as interesting as exactly. he is. I think the dynamics with the father figure, I think the... You know, the I know how it ends because it's been spoiled because of the big cameos that are towards the end of it, but yeah, but the, this is a true like underdog character that you do find yourself rooting for. And he's and he's grounded in that kind of um redneck culture. Yes. But it celebrates it and it doesn't laugh at it and poke fun at it. <laughs> You know, he's all American, the eagle, the car, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think the supporting characters they've picked as well, they're, they're as, useless, well, as useless, as useless as in
1: are not A-lister. Like Peacemaker is, I didn't know Peacemaker until the Suicide Squad and I heard John Cena was in it. And then you heard there was going to be a, a spin-off. So when you're watching that film, you're like, how are they going to do a spin-off of this genuinely detestable person? But he does such a good job of flipping it and making you care about
0: this ridiculous character. So I'm three episodes in. I'm not to the point where at the moment I'm like, yeah, but didn't he turn on him? And and I know it's because in the film, you know, he is like, he's got a job to do. He's yeah. had to do a job and he's all about the job. And Well, that never actually comes, you know. He's still a dick
1: throughout, it, I, without going to, I don't want to spoil any events, but what they do is they surround him with the characters that he's got. He's got some brilliant side characters and I'm going to be honest here. I love an opening sequence. I think we were talking last oh, few mate, weeks. That, that, dance sequence, that dance is so good. I don't good. skip it
0: ever. No, I'm free in, but I'm <laughs> never going to skip that. And you don't. And your hope is that if they do a season two, they just make it bigger, better. Yeah. Well, and also, it's got after scene credits. It's mm. always it's always
1: got extended, it's always got an extended scene of a scene you've already seen. So it doesn't add anything. But it's always pretty funny. Yeah. And I tell you what, they've created gold there. A peacemaker. I,
0: I, I genuinely think as well, it's, it sounds corny, but the whole life imitating art thing. I think John Cena fighting to be, you know, a, 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 in a, in the acting world, kind of respected and not a B movie actor. You know, yeah. comes from wrestling. The Rock's done well to transition into like a big credible action superstar, and John Cena, you know, like Peacemaker, has done that or is doing that. You know, like the serious acting chops, and I really like John Cena. And um, yeah. I don't disagree. I think him, Batista, The Rock—they're yeah, probably he, Batista, the yeah. only
1: ones I think they've got. Away Hulk Hogan tried it when he—he he was in those crappy like Santa with muscles. I said crap. I mean, Oscar-worthy films. Mm. Of course, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin's one of my favorite wrestlers. He hasn't got it, and I think he knows that. That's why he was like, "I'll do a few of these films. It's not for me. I can't pull them off. He can't." But I genuinely watching Peacemaker. Yes, mm. John Cena has
0: nailed it. Well done, sir. Yeah, well done, James Gunn. I think it's, uh, we talk about you know the Wes Andersons the Tarantino's you know the um the actor the director sorry that have a kind of a flair a tone and James Gunn has that as well and it's that soundtrack so watching The Peacemaker made me really want to watch
1: The Suicide Squad and you know what I hold up I think that film's actually really good yeah I genuinely I was re-watching anything I wonder if I have the same feeling now that I know what happens in it hold up yes yeah, it's, it's really good I really like the film I, and
0: I and it it's Idris Elba
1: apologising mm. for Cat. Yeah, so. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And I think as well, James Gunn, who again, a controversial figure with, you know, the the kind of cancel culture that went after him. And I think, he, I think he's kind of fast earning his right to play with the big boys again. And I think if he continues with DC, they will give him access to some yeah. of those bigger characters. And they should. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's a spoiler and we won't say here, but it's one of the worst
1: spoilers because everyone knows it i looking forward to that scene. I want to mm. see how it makes sense. I want to see where it fits in. But they go at everyone. They go at everyone with the same jokes that you make sat around there. So there's already several references to how much he hates. Aquaman, he fucks fish. You know, that's like every episode now is a reference to that. The supporting characters, Um, the guy with the beard, brilliant. I, th- I think he's fantastic because he's so useless. Mm. Amanda <laughs> Waller shows up. And I'm, do you know what? I love it. I really liked it. I was well done, it. Peacemaker. Well done, Peacemaker. So that's it for the small screen. And then I've got... I've been watching some films this
0: week. How many films did you watch? Uh, three I've brought with me today. I brought three with me, James. Seems like a good idea, you know, just putting off the inevitable. Have you got a good, bad and ugly, or are they all good? Give me a bit of flavour. Um,
1: Lukewarm and Candy. Oh. oh, there
0: you go. I wasn't disappointed at my three films this week. One was better than the other two, most definitely. Yeah, But I wasn't disappointed in any of the three. Oh, that's nice. So it's a nice week for film. I, um, I'm also... Still working through Ozark, but we'll talk about that when I get through the next season. <laughs> is it as depressing as I'd make still? Uh, it's pretty bleak. Oh, there you go. Um, right, tell me your three films because we may have some crossover. I, for my candy, I've got Turning Red,
1: Disney's new Pixar film. Lovely. Um, my very cold film is Against the Ice 2022. Oh, I want to see that. Well, you'll find out what I thought. And then my... Um, my, sandy, my candy
0: in the sand... <laughs> Dog 2022. I'm oh, can't tell him. Yeah, right. Well, we're not going to cross everything because my movies then this week are fresh. Ooh, Becky. Oh, I want to say that. And Windfall. <sighs> so I've never be as good as Windfall. Like. <laughs> never as good. So I've got three, uh, three movies to talk about in the horror thriller categories this week. I'm very much across the Ooh. the horror and thriller um, sections. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Um, you you go first. I've been speaking a lot about my films. Well, I'm gonna go out there straight away with Fresh, which is a um indie horror no not indie, sorry, it's a it's a horror movie. Um that's available now on Disney or the star section on Disney. Yeah. So anything over a twelve goes on that section. Um it's directed by Mimi Cave, who I believe it's her first uh, directorial debut. It's written by uh Lauren Khan and it stars Daisy, Edgar Jones, Sebastian Stan, and Jojo T. Gibbs. It's a movie that I kept hearing about online. People were sharing kind of pictures of Sebastian Stan and um, Daisy Aker Jones, and kind of talking about this movie, talking about how it kind of starts one way and it goes another way, and that everyone should watch it. And it's it's an eighteen, and I was like, oh, curiosity got it me, got you, mate. It, got it, it tickled you. me. I am going to try and not spoil it because it, it is a film that you should watch. Uh, go into it with as little information as possible but well thank you for your review I will (laughs) go into what the official blurb says so I will not go beyond that so uh, IMDB describes it as a horror of modern dating seen through the uh, eyes of a young woman's defiant battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites ooh Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, uh, synopsis says Fresh follows Noah played by Daisy Edgar-Jones who meets the super charming Steve, Sebastian Stan, at a grocery store late one evening, uh, just after Noah has given up on all of dating apps. Noah then takes a chance with the turtlenecked, cute-smiled Steve, gives him his his number, and after their first date, Noah is smitten, accepts an invitation for a romantic weekend away, only to find that Steve might be hiding an unusual appetite. Pretty much on the nose, then, what this movie's about. Yeah, he (laughs) he only eats apples. (laughs) Right. Also- (laughs) such a picky ear. Critics have had a field day with this. <laughs> they're, they're fucking they're, laughing at it. they right. gone to town. <laughs> oh, mate, it's a wet dream. Look, it's um, This film is off the menu. Not to everyone's taste. <sighs> Felt undernourished during this movie. A modern horror that will leave you feeling full. A movie best served raw and bloody. You'll eat this up. A role they really sink their teeth into. The metaphors keep coming. They're so generic as well. They're like, they're like, if this comes at you, send it back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so generic. They mean literally nothing. Yeah, five star, Michelin star. (laughs) It it writes itself. (laughs) (laughs) Now the movie is is great. I'm on a Sebastian Stan. I watched Pam and Tommy for great. That looks fun. Yeah, it it is. is, It's a weird one because at the end of it, you don't really know how to feel because.
1: Because in real life, you genuinely don't know how to feel. Yeah,
0: it's it's an odd one, but um, performances are great in it, and also uh, Seth Rogen's great in it. The whole cast with that is great. Um, I really enjoyed Pam and Tommy, so I'm on a bit of a Sebastian Stan high. He is great in this movie. He's very charming. Um, I think uh, Daisy Edgar Jones as well in it is a, is sort of I haven't seen much work of British actress. Um, I watching it straight away, you get a sense of like when you watch movies like Get Out. You know that this is a this is a horror movie. This one, not I wouldn't say as masterful as Get Out, but it, it has a glow and a self awareness to it that kind of says. Yeah, we're a modern horror movie with this a little mm. bit going on on the surface. Yeah, I'm gonna tease you a little. <laughs> yeah, some of the messages are as, as subtle as a sledgehammer. You know, some, but a lot of it is like afterwards. I was thinking, it's like, ah, oh, that was really clever. That was a different twist. That was different. It broke some of the cliches that are in horror. Yeah, um, particularly things like the final girl cliche breaks that and does yeah. something different with it. And the movie is um, stylistic. It's it's really uh, the the art the the uh, the kind of the whole feel to it, the costume design, the, the, the apartment, the kind of the place and the settings that the majority of the film set in is really appealing. It's actually like, oh, I, I really like the aesthetics of this film, the kind of the palette of it. Um, it's not overly gory. It's one of those where it just makes you feel uncomfortable. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an idea as well that I completely believe could be real <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a terrible person for that but you know that like when you watch like it's so hard to put yourself in the shoes of a screaming 17 year old when you're a 35 yeah. year old man yeah. and you know and it's some dude in a mask just walking after someone with a butcher's knife and you're like yeah it's scary and it's jumpy and everything but you, you know just, th- you just don't this I'm like shit this is like black mirror kind of stuff this is oh. like uh you know oh, the dark the, web stuff that uh, the,
1: the one that plays on see that's when it plays on the now security, isn't it? And amenity. And that type of mm. thing, like, you don't know. Whereas, like, yeah, no, I get that. Like, that, the pinch. Oh, if we're going to keep the metaphor, the pinch of salt, mate. The pinch of unknown, je ne sais quoi.
0: I, I, do, I do really like this film. I thought it was great. I mean, it's not it's not perfect. It, you know, it is it's flawed in some scenes. And there are some times where I was a bit head scratching, like, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, let's just go with that then. That's fine. But for the most part, I was entertained for its two-hour runtime And horror is not my go-to genre and it is a real difficult genre for me personally. Um, because it, normally with horror with me, I'm always like, I'll oh, just run away, just do this. <laughs> or typically you, you fell over or your phone's gone dead. And and I didn't find myself kind of doing that at any point. It kind of, it, I don't know. I just thought it was a really well played out, good screenplay, uh, well-written movie that was acted well. And it does this really cool thing where no joke about 30 minutes into the film, the hmm. title sequence starts. I like that. Yeah, it was, and it's, it's on the point of saying, so the, the movie you've seen up until now, boom, here we go. And it kind of bookends, you know, you know, where this movie is going to go. So it's a horror movie, it's an 18. When you set it up, you know, Sebastian Stan can't be this good. Yeah. You know, let's go for a weekend away. You know, something's going to happen. And so that's when the title sequence happens, about four, 30 minutes in. it's really cool, actually. I was like, oh, you know, it's not at the beginning. So. Yeah, for me, fresh was a it was a hit. I I, I quite liked it. Um, yeah, fresh, and it also it has this thing all the way through it, which mirrors the kind of tone of the movie and the the whole relationship part of it. But it has this whole like victims aren't victims. It's not personal, mate. I'm not doing this to you because it's anything personal. Like we're pals, we're fine. You understand, don't you? You know, it's like that. Do you minif- hack off one of my legs. It, honestly, it is, <laughs> and that makes it so much scarier. Yeah, you know, the, the the fact that this character, the villain in he it is, is such a sociopath and psychopath. Um, that I just found it going, what a creep. Yeah, really good, actually. Really it, good. That's the worst ones.
1: Yeah, it's just like when you're watching that Gillian Anderson TV program where she's trying to haunt um, the guy from Fifty Shades.
0: Oh, yeah, the four. But it's
1: when you see him when he's being nice. Mm. That's what hurts the most when you see how evil he is
0: it's the niceness but that kills that, you in that the niceness is the act and then he drops his guard and you see yeah. the real him oh is this one I guess and it's this different friend, the real He's him a nice is guy. actually like he a nice guy. doesn't understand he does understand but you know these are this is just meat to him Oh, it's good I watch Fresh I think if you like your horror movies if you like movies like Get Out uh, it is. It's. its I'm not saying it's a thinker, but it is a pay attention to kind yeah. of movie because it's got some layers to it. Oh, like a cake. Like a, a trifle. There you go. I'm trying to keep it on on point, mate.
1: Like an onion. Ooh, makes you cry, mate. Makes you sad. Shrek. Right. Well, if you can have a drink, you. why am I keeping up the food metaphor? <laughs> this is, this has nothing to do with food. <laughs> Against the Ice 2022 on the Netflix, directed by Peter Flint, starring Nicolaj Costa Waldo, mm. or you may recognize him as Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones, and Joe Derrick. In 1909, Danish explorer Captain Nicholson sets out to Greenland with a full ship. Their mission is to recover the records kept by a doomed previous Denmark expedition, which would prove that the Americans have no claim on this land. Mm. The attempt fails. Oh. So now Nicholson will have to travel all the way on foot with just Engineer Iverson, the only man to volunteer to go with him. What sets up now is your survival tense film as we watch two men battle the elements themselves. And so much foreshadowing. (laughs) Like, every time there's a sentence, pay attention, because that's going to come up. What you've got is you've got a, quite honestly, beautiful film. A lot of CGI. CGI effects in a kind of B-moving like this is new to this extent. When you watch it, which you will, because... The film's middle ground to me, but there are elements which are really good. Mm. You've seen this film before: two people trying to survive. Weirdly, Charles dances in it at points. Just weirdly, you know, someone's got to be—he's the villain, <laughs> <laughs> not not, he, not the cold. But he's not there. <laughs> so, just this foreshadowing. Um, I'm not joking. This this is a gorgeous set piece. You can tell. Uh, Wadu has, he co-wrote the script. So when you see it, he's really into this. He really wants to make this a thing. This untold story, which is based on a true story, apparently. I've not seen it. Great elements. But the storyline does peter out after the third act because you know, uh, sorry, after the first act, because you know where the story's going to take you. You know, these two, there's these two people that travelling the land now. I'm going to tell you though, the script though, sets up these beautiful monologues in stages. uh I any mean, kind of monologue between two characters. These conversations, sorry, that are so tense, taut realistic. They talk about the sex, like their first time they had sex. You know, that's called building between men. But then when he starts feeding the dogs, he's like, be careful. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, don't feed them all. We can't afford. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, you find out pretty soon after that because they're on an expedition and as they're resources dwindle, they don't need as many dogs, you know, and they will turn on each other and that type of thing. And there's really good, he's like, oh, they'll turn on each other. You know, oh, there's two guys together. Oh, everything means something. There's this good sort of tense narration that's going on, which isn't always, um, like, told to you, it's a lot in your head. You're thinking, oh, is that what they're going to do? Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. What are they going to do? These great diverging paths, they go on as well. I was having a lot of fun. However, the film... Not particularly paced well. So it has to tell you how many days they are into their struggle. So you know, as an audience member, how fucked they are. So it says like day 130 something. I was going
0: to say, isn't it like a two year expedition? Yeah, it's a two
1: year expedition. However, it says like day 132. we were about 30 minutes in. And then that's when I was like, oh Jesus, we've Mm. got a way to go. So it does, there are these pacing elements that don't particularly work in its favor. However, small cast, Mm. beautiful landscapes. A pretty good script, don't get me wrong. There, there are issues with it. But my my biggest location was pacing and the time skipping. You know, we never, as far as I'm aware, we were never that we're not with them in those tense team, uh, tense situations for that long before it's like, oh, we'll skip another few days. So it's like, well, I really want to see how that resolved. Mm. And it's kind of like forgotten about because now we've got, you know, t- 30 days later there's a new problem, that type of thing. But do you know what? If you've got the Netflix, it's free. It's definitely worth your time. If you're in a good mood, though, don't watch this film, and you might not want to watch this film because there is brutality when it comes, to especially the animals.
0: I know. I saw and I heard. Yeah. And if you hover on Netflix, it gives you a bit of a. a, a <laughs> and I noticed there are scenes with dogs, and then later there's scenes with no dogs. No with dogs. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of. So coming.
1: if you, if it's Saturday late night, you have got the kids around, you know,
0: the dogs there, yeah, probably don't put it on. <laughs> <laughs> so. But no, other than that, I've really enjoyed it, but then again, I love my bleak films. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was going to watch it, and then it's funny how the algorithm on Netflix works, because then, like, to, I scrolled down and it was like, Alive is now on Netflix. <laughs> fucking I've seen this movie in ages. <laughs> <laughs> Cannibalism. You watch one film, James. And and- that's all it is, mate. That's all it is. <laughs> cool. I'm going to watch that, though. The only reason I didn't is I think it was a bit longer than Windfall, which is what I went for in the end. Ah. And. Um, also sometimes when you watch movies they're heavily involved in snow I get a bit cold yeah and I didn't want to be cold James no don't blame me we've had a great uh, last weekend was great weather it was good weather coming back to this shit Arctic wind on its way James I know by the time this episode's out it would have been fuck you wind (laughs) Have some of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about a movie called Becky, which is now on Sky, uh, now TV, so it'll be on uh, Q, Go, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. other. Um Becky, it's a 90-minute indie thriller starring Lulu Wilson and Kevin James making his dramatic debut after Simon Pegg dropped out of this movie at the last minute. Kevin James stepped in. It's about a 13... 13- oh, my
1: God, awful substitute.
0: <laughs> well, it's about a 13-year-old uh Becky who... Arrives with her father at their lake house cabin. They go in to rebuild their relationship. There's a backstory uh, that uh, Becky's lost the mum, husband's lost his wife. They've kind of separated, a bit estranged. They're going to use this time to bond, get to know each other again, build on that relationship. And to do that, he's also brought along his new missus and her kids. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know. That's a great way to reconnect with someone. Well, things get worse, James. Oh, no. When a gang of neo-Nazis, fresh out of prison, so they've escaped from uh, prison, they were being transported, they got out, uh, the neo-Nazi gang escape, go over to the cabin, take everyone hostage, demanding the whereabouts of an odd-looking key. Becky, who was away from the house at the time, is the only line of defence using fire sticks and lawnmowers to fight off this neo-Nazi gang. Yes, Kevin James is the neo-Nazi, isn't he? Yeah, so this is the big uh, reveal was that he's... He's playing a bad guy. ...bald-headed with a Nazi tattoo on the back of his head. Um... Yeah, a big beards, kind of definitely away from the Adam Sandler, Kevin james stuff. Problem is, though, he's marinated in shit for so long, he could do an Oscar-winning performance, and I would probably just go, yeah. Well, I'm not going to say it's Oscar-winning, James. It's a <laughs> scrappy it's a scrappy movie that's a, well, please, B-movie home invasion horror fans. It's got a few gory and nasty scenes in it. It's made worse by the fact that all the way through this, is a minor doing it, and a lot of the death scenes, which are bloody and violent, are conducted in daylight.
1: Um mm.
0: you know, using things like the the uh, like I say a ride on lawnmower, f- um uh, the motor on a speedboat. Yeah. Um the, the blade type things. Yeah, it's um it's I mean at the most part it's middle of the road. Okay, it's a stripped back storyline which which I think works in the favour of Lulu Wilson's character. I think the most interesting thing about the movie was her performance and mm. that character herself it kind of is one of them films where it starts with her being interviewed by the police and they're saying, look, what happened? And then you see the story and then it goes back to the interrogation room at the end and you can, it's a good performance. You can see that, you know, the uh, the Rambo style uh, killer that she is taking out this neo-Nazi gang and then the um, the wolf in sheep's clothing when she's in the police room. There is a good dynamic in that character, but there's also a deadpan looking her eyes a very serious like mm. fucking hell yeah i wouldn't trust that that person so i mean, i think mean she puts out so stay a, away from becky then <laughs> yeah she puts out a really good performance and it is that you know it's that indie look you know that i think the front cover of the movie is her kind of you know with a um like a bear hat on covered in blood um you know having to take to the the neo-nazis herself because the family are all being held hostage kevin james you know I it's I like it when actors step out of their comfort zone yeah, and so I welcome right. Take a risk. yeah welcome Kevin James doing that I think you know what good on him unless he is actually a neo nazi in real life in which case this, no so, someone shaved his head they saw it and it was just like no I'm doing a movie <laughs> and then that's how he yeah, ended up he, he got it? real real uh, like meta into it <laughs> and, sh- and actually tattooed his own forehead <laughs> no yeah he, Kevin James is alright I mean mm. the role his role doesn't give him a lot to do you know he's the leader of this gang that kind of gets his hands dirty when he needs to. But for the most part, the most <laughs> part, he's not intimidating to a 13 year old girl. That's yeah. the problem. He's a, he's supposed to be this like neo-Nazi leader. And right from the get go, this baby's just like, fuck you. <laughs> that doesn't... <laughs> Could do you, won't you? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's got a henchman, which I do yeah, like. Exactly. The key to a good movie, a key, good a B movie is a strong henchman. And they've got this like six foot dude, um, who I think is actually called Apex or Alpha or something like that. He's the intimidator, he's the enforcer, you know, he's the loose cannon, he's Carl from Die Hard, um, so he's the one to look out for, while Kevin James is supposed to be the kind of, the hands Gruber, doesn't get his hands dirty, he's orchestrating but he, you know, they're trying to get a key, James, it's not like they're trying to break into a vault or anything, or steal millions, they're trying to find a key, <laughs> obviously, yeah. does it
1: lead to millions? <laughs> They this time
0: it leads to something really stupid like a PlayStation. I'm not going to tell you actually what it, I'm not going to tell you because I think mean that's also quite interesting with what the movie does. It is a, it, it's a 90 minute indie film. It it broke, the, it, it broke even at the box office. People can walk away from it. You know, it wasn't a flop. Critics weren't harsh to it. It's just film. It's just film. It's yeah. a 90 minute. Oh. There are a couple of gory scenes in it that, you know, if you are into your gory stuff, you know, there is a, uh, a torture scene. There is a, you know, like I say, Law Mowers and and uh, and brutality. Brutality I mean, to it. Brutality. Mm. So if you're into that kind of shit, <laughs> maybe watch Becky. Becky. I just found it's 90 minutes, just put it on yeah. and uh, just just watch Kevin James be a Nazi. You um you you just
1: talking there as remind me it has literally taken me on a when I was trying to find a film to talk about. So I knew we'd have to talk about well, you know, we talk about other films to start off the podcast. Originally I started off with Cheaper by the Dozen on Disney Plus because you, talk- you talked about it and I got six minutes into it and I thought, no. <laughs> yeah, six minutes more, I'll give it, I'll tell you. <laughs> when they went to the bakery and the fact that Zach like, Ruff looks like he genuinely wants to top himself, I was <laughs> like, no, I'm done with this. And then that was sent me on a spiral. I was like, well, I wonder what Bruce Willis has been up to. And there's two new movies he's got out called A Day to Die and something about the oil I don't know. It's called the old, but basically, both of me plays corrupt cops, and I was Anyway, he took me on a spiral. I didn't watch them, but I know
0: what I'm going to watch in future. Future times. These, Bruce Willis,
1: mate, he's just shitting them out.
0: Well, so this is the thing: he's announced today he's retiring from movies. <gasps> what? Bruce Willis to retire from acting due to aphasia diagnosis, which oh. is a trauma from the brain, um, which causes a problem with uh, being able to form speech and to talk and, oh, right. uh, and to express. So apparently he's been battling it for a while. He has eight movies coming out, and then three next oh, year. That's a shame because I think if you're going to go out, he needs to go out on a he
1: needs to go out on a like a good one. These yeah. these direct to DVD things that he's been
0: shitting out lately are just not what I want your legacy to be, Bruce. We but, talked to, we talked about this. We wanted that one last good movie from Bruce Willis, and we still may get it. I mean, yeah, we still you know people do come back. Um, and or just the camera to be stuff, honest. But um but yeah, he's uh, officially announced it or his family have officially announced uh, this week or today in fact that um that yeah he's retiring. Oh my god.
1: Oh well that's well that's very sad news, but at the same time, you know, look after yourself.
0: Um and I will see your last eight remaining films, don't worry. Yeah, i I mean I'm not gonna go out of my way to find them. but if they're on <laughs> maybe if they're on, I will watch them. Oh do you know what every good person needs, mate? They need a
1: good companion. A friend for the road, especially in 2022. Dog, dog. <laughs> there you go. Dog 2022, directed by Reed Caroline.
0: So I just, I just hope that in the Chan uh, uh, agent was like, Jannen got a movie. Go. It's called Dog. In. Right. Am I the dog? Well, yes, Channon. <laughs>
1: I'm going to beat you, mate, because because he went up to his agent and went, I want to half direct a film called Dog 2022. First directoral experience. Channing Tatum. Wow, who did the other off the dog? Uh, Reed Carol. Oh. <laughs> who? Who? I'm. I'm not aware. I don't think it's a dog because <laughs> it's only because they don't give dogs second names. <laughs> Starring Channing Tatum, Jane Adams, and I'm not joking. Kevin Nash. What? I love. Ke- they, they. This is a road trip movie. These other characters are barely in it. I'm just saying though that we were just we at the top of this episode we were talking about three wrestlers that went on to have pretty good careers. It genuinely upsets me because I Kevin Nash is brilliant. Like even when he shows up as the Russian in that Punisher movie that it was okay, but not Punisher movie. I still quite like Kevin Nash. Mm. And the older he gets, because he takes the piss out of him so much of himself. He's so self-defacing. I really want go Cameo did
0: an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch man.
1: Yeah he did. So did Billy Gunn. There oh, you go. Yeah.
0: yeah I like Kevin Nash. My brother was a big Diesel fan when he was Diesel. Yeah. The, the artist formerly known as Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I really got into him when he was in the NWO era, Obviously, everyone you know, did, yeah. When we beat Goldberg Street, Mike, wow. 174,
1: because it was 173,
0: is not I? Thought I thought he got to 200, didn't he? No. Oh, oh maybe. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's 173, was there? I remember watching TNT and it was like 163. I was like, I've
1: never heard of it. What What I love about it is is, you know, going off a tangent, is that I'm sure the week before he was 50.
0: <laughs> there's like next week, it's like 100. I like, me, say, he's a busy week, isn't he? And also, there's some people that, like, get a title fight after, like, three matches. Yeah. Godberg's like, for fuck's
1: sake. Just give me title. How many of these mugs have I got?
0: Fucking t- I have got a spear. <laughs> Good traps, though. Good traps. Solid traps. Yeah, you know, Triple H is retired from wrestling as well because yeah. he, he had a heart attack. Well, and,
1: should... then, and then when he said that, I was just like, yeah, it's because of the stories you were banging. Because his traps were like, his traps are traps.
0: Yeah. We, was... should, we should probably also mention, um, obviously, the tragic passing of... Razor Ramon. Oh, Scott yeah. Hall. Scott Hall, yeah. Hey, if you talk about the NWO, apparently a very talented man had mm.
1: all of those, like, nuances that he, they were his ideas. And I've heard loads of wrestlers talk about. And what's really important is, because he had um, addictions for so long, it wasn't like this big, you know, massive company that saved him by sending him to rehab. It was another wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page. With DDP, DDP Pace, again. DDP, Page, like, you know, the reason Scott Hall survived his demons for so long, because Scott Hall was in a... Was in a spiral when he was still wrestling. He and Jake Roberts, so Jake Roberts, obviously a massive, famous alcoholic, you know, mm. sh- would show up constantly, drunk to house shows and stuff like that, all saved by DDP. So, you sh- and DDP is like right, one of the nicest people you can think of. Mm. So, he sounds like really nice, really like DDP. Yeah, Diamond last Page. Yoga was tempted to take it on because, you know, because DDP, why not? And then we're going on this random wrestling, Marks, so random as well it's Wrestlemania (laughs) it's it's Stone Cold Steve Austin's wrestling because I genuinely might get it at the weekend just coming out of retirement for one match but that's not the point I was going to make who'd you find Kevin Owens I don't think you know him I don't know him I went round to someone's house the other day and that's how I know who it was Um, but the Punisher Mm. uh, Jake Bethan no Bethanol John John Bethanol he has a YouTube series where he interviews on on unspoken heroes and one of them was Kurt Angle not about his wrestling career, about when he, because Kurt Ransall, Kurt Russell won gold medals with a broken neck. Yeah. And he just does these interviews. I found it. I've meant to text you and say, oh my God, he's got this really fascinating, he just sits down and interviews with him and he's so good. It's yeah. exactly what you want. A YouTube series, not premium, you don't have to pay for it. And John Bethel will just talk to all these underappreciated heroes. Is, there's only, when I watched only five episodes, but brilliant. I watched watch two of them it. and they were fantastic. I will watch that, James. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, dog. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, Jackson Briggs is a former US Army Ranger working at a deli and suffering from PTSD. Like, the only way (laughs) they can in films. Over the top, waking up late at night. He learns that his former squadmate, Riley, has died in service and his funeral is in a few days. The Army asks Briggs to bring Riley's service dog, Lulu, to the services. And if he does this, they will reconsider him for re-enlistment. Because that's all he wants to do. He wants to get back in the Army. He's an Army man. He's jacked doesn't want after this PTSD. He wants to get back where he belongs. Mm. And I find it really weird that the captain's like, yeah, I'll do that if you bring this dog. <laughs> <clears throat> That's how the world works. Yeah. but well, what's really story, and it's not a spoiler, I think it comes up as well, this is also Lulu's last ride. After Lulu says goodbye to Riley, Lulu will be put down because she's uncontrollable, mate. No one can control her. So basically it's like a last outing for, them, for her. There is a back story with those two, because obviously when uh, Briggs was in the army, he did, he did know Lulu from when she was a puppy. But right. that's it. So, you know, Lulu has probably forgotten about him. I know where this story's going already. What happens next is a road movie as we watch Briggs fall... Uh, no, sorry. You can tell Channing Tatum directed did for this next sequence. What happens next is a road movie as we watch Briggs fail in a threesome, have his car destroyed by a dog, and maybe learn to love again. <laughs> Um, the film has a heart, but it's really not as big as it thinks it is. It, 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 do, you know what, do you know what really winds me up is when a story hints at something and you think, oh my God, if they go down this route, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be daring, it's going to be different. Because you know what film you're thinking about right now. You're thinking of the film K9. You're thinking of the film Turner and You are thinking what exactly you get. But it does something a bit different. So, because Lulu is a service dog, uh, there is a scene which I'm not going to get into too many spoils, but is it's important I think when I sell this film to you. So, Lulu's in a town without any context, and she sees a Middle Eastern man. But because obviously she's been trained as an army dog to identify um, that ethnicity as a uh, as basically a danger, she attacks the man. And then um, Briggs is arrested, you know, for having control of a loose of a dangerous animal. But there's this really great narrative where he has to explain. And in a way, it's a metaphor for, you know, the audience as well. It's like, you have to forgive the dog. The dog was brought up to identify you as the enemy. It's not her fault. It's my fault. It's our fault for not telling her that you're not the enemy. It's a really good metaphor. And you think, oh my God, it's quite daring. You know what is essentially a dog film? You know know what you get with a dog. But
0: in that theory, she would attack everyone
1: in the Middle East. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So basically, I'm not saying it's a great metaphor, but it's it's a bundled metaphor, but it's it's really cool. The explanation scene yeah. where Channing Tatum basically has to go, yeah, I'm really sorry that happened, but we can't. It's, it's like the whole nature versus nurture debate. And it was really good. I was really interested for three minutes, and then it's dropped, and we don't really think about it again. And it wouldn't irritate me if it was just a one-off. But same goes for Briggs as well. He's only got PTSD when the story demands it. So he's got it at the beginning, he's got it a little bit in the middle, and he's got it at the end so he can change the decision he makes. So that's it. Four. So the film is set up. Goes just gonna be like canine. The man doesn't want a dog. The man gets a dog. <laughs> the dog shits and pisses and does whatever it wants. Man doesn't like dog. Change. <laughs> man likes dog. Man embraces dog. That principle is still the same here. And you'll never get a film. You know, unlike Cujo, <laughs> which that don't happen. Man hates dog. Man fucking stays away from dog. So it's bare bones. There's not really that much to understand. It's beautifully shot, but so it really likes its scene. It really likes a uh, Channing Tatum laying on a car, you know, in the, you know, in the, the highways in the back, mm. sunset into so it's orange, you know, he's got his, no, got a shirt off, but he's got a tight shirt, mate. Wow. Dog's leaning on him, you know, perfect. what? I get that. Why do I have to see that shot four times in four different locations? Oh, because Time Tank's hot. Right, I get it. Is this a selling point? Weirdly, it it, it dares to drink. It dares to take a next step and go, well, what would it mean, you know, shall we tell this story? But then it goes like, we're going to tell you this. Go, no, we're not. It takes it away from you. So I actually genuinely thought, I and don't get me wrong, I quite liked it. I, I didn't think it was bad. It was a bit longer than you expect from a pretty basic dog man film. Um, dog man film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, but I, you know what? <clears throat> it's not winning awards. We don't have to. It entertained me for most of the time. Could it have done a better story? And was it hinted that there was a better story? Yes. I, I like the fact that it delved deeper than Turner and Oats or K9 or, you know, Airbud, <laughs> all of these films. But you know what? As Channing Tame come out as his first go, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. If it's free, watch it. I went to the cinema to watch it, which I technically think is free for me. So um, I didn't waste my time. thought it was okay. And there's, there nothing, there's nothing wrong with being okay. Dog, 2022. Um, I think it's coming out soon on uh, Amazon or something. Anyway, either way, it's one of these films that won't be sticking around for long because it's not a, a deal breaker or anything, but I enjoyed it.
0: The turnaround now for particularly some of the bigger streaming sites is 40 Days from Cinema. That's oh, it's Mental. Yeah, so, no, so it's it probably been on a streaming service. Batman yeah. being one of those. So I think when that finds its home on streaming services, which should be HBO Max, which yeah. we ain't got in the UK, but 40 days from finishing at the cinema.
1: Does that not wind you up? <clears throat> um, so the reason I got Netflix was to stop spending so much money on DVDs and TV series. And when I first had Netflix, I had Buffy, I had House, I had 24, everything I wanted. Then Amazon came along. And then obviously they started splitting off. So now I have to get an Amazon. And now I have to get Netflix and now I have to get Disney plus mm. and now I'll have to get a Hulu max because Hulu is like knocking out some great stuff at the minute. And now I'll have to get a HBO max. Yeah. And now
0: I, it's starting to get ridiculous again. You know what? piracy, mate. Not- <laughs> but, it's, but this is the thing is it? it's inevitable. I think what's going to happen is, and we did, we've done this predictions before, but it, it, it's looking more and more. The case is that um, the, the days are going and are fast numbered where superstars-filled cinemas. Yeah. You know, DiCaprio's doing Netflix movies. You know, the, it's getting to the point where the cinema will become a boutique and an experience. And the problem with that is it hikes prices up so less people will go. Yeah. Um, and things go full circle. You know, vinyl's back. You know, so I am not. I don't think it'll be the end. And I think there will always be cinema lovers and theatre goers. there peaks and troughs for any industry though yeah, right Yeah, but I do think, I do think we will start to see with more and more streaming services, more and more actors and filmmakers and storytellers, being able to tell their story on mediums and formats that are now accessible, you've got to go with the times.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, as a consumer, I'm more likely to drop some of these streaming services. Now, i pick one. I, I, I don't want to have five ones because the whole reason for me to get Netflix was to, like, limit my choices, and yeah. that type of thing. So, mm, unless, unless like, it's probably be Disney, but I use Netflix. Let's Netflix go, so, right, do you know what? Let's stop buying other companies mm. to get their... Which is, which is what makes sense with HBO Max. If that's not coming to Britain, they'll do a deal. They'll go, oh, you can stream us. Because that's what the WWE yeah, Network I think did. Yeah, we
0: are getting it at the end of the year. All right, there you go. Um, but some of the biggest sat- uh, programs will find homes over this, with Peacemaker yeah. being one of Peacemaker. them. Peacemaker. Oh, mate. I, I know we spoke about the, it. What a great series. I think for me that some of the... I, I do worry about some things. like So obviously now MGM has been bought by Amazon. Yep because they wanted James Bond. Which is weird, isn't it? Well, the problem with that now is we are going to get uh, Amazon spin-offs, We're going to get young James Bond, animated series. The next 007. The origin yeah. story. You yeah. know, we're going to get so much James Bond shit. Possibly. I think
1: Amazon, Amazon. So Netflix to me, I've got it nailed down they did they their, their production cycle how they how they produce a, an original is actually quite good they'll either buy the rights of like the expanse or something pump a little bit of money on it but keep the showrunner they'll mm. keep them and they will go I'm just going to give you a few more digits and you I want you to run with it um i think they they quite with their source material they adapt I'm going to use Jack Ryan as a great example they, they knew that they didn't want to do films they were like no John Krasinski will slower pace that type of thing and apply that to Reacher as well which I loved mm. I don't know if I've spoken about this but I love Reacher so I think um, sorry they were Amazon so I think Amazon do better when they purchase other ideas and bring them in Netflix is great at creating their ideas but Disney seems to use its licenses better because it understood like it did understand and I'm not slagging Sebastian Stahl or Anthony Maco but they realized that they weren't no one's going to go see that film turn into a TV series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and that's it. I mean and when you've got universes like Star Wars and infinite And kind then of you stories, can just you can do whatever tell. you want. Yeah. And and historically I mean if you look back in the 90s and 80s there were probably films that had they been TV shows, you know, or six-parters would maybe have done better than what they, yeah. the, what they were. You know, if you think if streamer services were in Arnold Schwarzenegger's heyday, you know some of the films that he made that could have been <clears throat> True Lies as a four-part espionage action drama. Mate, can you
1: imagine that? Like, and they changed it around so he didn't find out he was a secret agent until the end of the second episode. You'd be like, what? Oh my god! Oh look, my at god look at that! <laughs> at them so He's weak. just a pencil pusher with those arms. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think Amazon's test is coming with Lord of the Rings because because yeah. you've you've furthered just so many people like desperate foaming at the mouth to see what they do with this series and you know we know someone who's a big fan I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing what they think of it I'm not even going to watch it I'm going to watch him live tweet it
0: (laughs) so that's my fun yeah there is that I mean it's interesting and I think I think the sooner people I think get on board with the fact that it's inevitable yeah just just, just the way it's going yeah Um, but it drives improvement it means that there isn't a monopoly with studios making the same shit all the time we get more diverse supply and demand is the big thing I think the more people that support documentary short films, you know, stories and celebrate stories with diverse casts or interesting characters, we get more of that. Yeah. You know, McDonald's now do a vegetarian burger and no meat burger, you know, because it, of the, because of it, so it's a demand. So it's, you know, I, I think that's it. And streaming services certainly give us that because, Without that, you get just what the producers in the studios pump into cinemas. Which, if you think about, like the nineties,
1: like that was happening. There was like years where you just get the same action movie, just slightly different. Yeah. But then again, again, like all things, they go in a, they go in a routine. Despite the fact that I loved Batman, I don't want to see another superhero film. I'm going to. And to be honest, the new trailer, and I fucking hate myself. The new trailer from Obvious introduces Matt Smith, and I thought Matt Smith had a smaller part, but he looks like he's gonna be the villain. Mm genuinely more interested now so <laughs> it's like love Matt Smith so if he's
0: going to be the villain I'm actually going to give a shit <laughs> if the, the first reviews audience reviews of Morbius oh, is that it's not go. good
1: well it didn't it don't think it's going to be the, good
0: the effects aren't great the storylines all over the place it's uh, not not a great movie and the director isn't even spoiling the post-credit scene and he's got in interviews. Oh, is said it because he wants the, people to watch it? Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, fuck it, I've got to get people
1: in this film. <laughs> what is it?
0: Oh, no, you can't tell me. <laughs> but it is, is the internet. so you could... Yeah, you could... I'll just look, find out It's out, yeah. out there now. So I know what the two post-credit scenes are and how it links into the bigger universe. Just don't
1: give a shit. But, but, but another thing that winds up, Matt Smith is a great actor who could be... Like you, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, you could build him up, and it's the kind of film that launched him mm. into a things. Matt Smith is a phenomenal actor, arguably one of the better ones that this country's produced in recent years. I'm, I'm not having to go anywhere else. I'm just saying he's that good because he has range. He can play a lovable affluent fool, and he could play like a neo Nazi. He's genuinely got range. And you've just wasted him in the film Morbius, which I'll be honest, I don't give a shit about.
0: Yeah. I mean, Obviously, he's got a bigger part, hasn't he?
1: He's, I hope I mean, so. He's the villain, but... But villain in Morbius is like being, I don't know, the ant, ant number 732 an Ant Man. It's just like, you're in it technically, but no one gives a shit.
0: So um, my prediction now, and I'm going to call it... Yeah. I'm gonna call it. And this isn't this isn't what I read. I, this, I've I've heard that it is so bad that it kills a franchise. So
1: don't matter. Sony will reboot it. In a few well, years. no, no. What,
0: what what it? So there's clearly a Spider-Man in Morbis's universe. Yeah. Um. It's not Tom Holland. Yeah. I think with the internet now, it's Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it makes it make sense. I it? think Garfield's going to come back and do the Spider-Man versus Tom Hardy Venom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, I admit that's the only one that makes sense. After you've gone Carnage, the only one you can do is Spider Man. Yeah, have
0: Spider Man not as the main actor, the yeah. main character. So I think Spider Man and Venom will square off. Now there is a rumor going around that they're going to introduce that people can hop universes. Ah, uh, they're gonna have problems with that. So also, in characters can't because the character coming into um, Doctor Strange I forgot yeah. her name, but the character she was she was taken out of. No Way Home Scarlet Witch oh no sorry no no it's new, I can't remember her name but she's um, there's a character coming into that who, uh, whose power well, is that it can jump universes oh okay fair enough. so and then she then was plot- supposed to be in No Way Home they got rid of all of her scenes that they shot and they've re-put her into No Way Home and thus
1: explaining the change in release schedule Yeah, because there was a massive change in release schedule and
0: wasn't there? so I I think this a power this ability or whatever it is now you would then get Tom Hardy's Venom coming through to Tom Holland's Spider-Man world yeah because the post-credit scene was a little bit of the symbiote was left behind. Yeah, he will come back to get it because you cannot, and I do not believe they'll bring Tom Hard, uh, Tom Holl, uh, Tom Hardy into the MCU as a villain as Venom. No, they need to make him an anti-hero. Yep, where he still wants to bite people's heads off, but he's contained and he's a good guy. Yeah, so that means that we'll get a carnage-like character. That, yeah, no, that Tom Hardy has to come and kick its ass. Yeah, I did. Fair enough. But that's how I think it'll all link together. I don't know that, just guessing. Just just but I do guess. think we're going to get an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man again. Fair enough. Based on that reaction. Yeah. And I want the I want the Tom Maguire one. I don't, know. I genuinely,
1: not taking a piss, I thought Toby Maguire was really bad in that film. Oh, the the I...
0: only thing that carries him through was nostalgia. And don't get me wrong,
1: there was enough nostalgia, but it's one of those films that if you think about, if you're honest and you think about it afterwards, the film itself wasn't actually that good. It was all nostalgia. Shut it, your it, fucking mouth, it, yes. Just think about it. it. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it's not, when I came out of the cinema, I was buzzing. I was vibrating with greatness and excitement, but
0: I, as I was thinking it about raised, it. It's was... nostalgia wave, I'll give you that. But yeah. it, a bit, I want, and he I want, wasn't good. I want the Tom Holland Logan story. Uh, Tom, uh, Maguire. You just want everything Logan, mate. Just, I want, just that. Stick, stick I, want, I, want I want his back killing him. And he's like, I can't fucking do this all the time. And, and Kirsten Dunst is like, we need to settle down. And he's like, no, there's just one more, one more villain. And that villain is time. Ooh. I want to see it. I want to see Tobey Maguire. And that's fine, you're to. Um, you allow to want these things. On Netflix, there's a new movie out called "Windfall" that stars Jason Siegel, Lily Collins, Jesse Plemons, and Omar Levy. Oh, what a cast! Four member cast. It is a lockdown movie. It's a Hitchcockian thriller uh, that follows a bank. Ro- uh, no, sorry, follows a robbery at a billionaire's holiday home. It's interrupted when the billionaire and his wife unexpectedly come um, to stay at the. Uh, the- it's like villa. a villa, yeah. An orangery in the it's back. It's not garden. the home;
1: it's the home away from home.
0: Yeah, the, when they want to get away, yeah. Um, forced into a hostage situation, the three must get along until the uh, next evening when ransom money is to be delivered. This film was conceived uh, over a Zoom call and was shot during lockdown. Small cast. It's very Hitchcockian. That's the, cool. You know, it's it, you can see that it's the inspiration does come from like Hitchcock movies. Right from the get go, as the cat, the, the font, the poster, the the way that the names appear on screen, the single shot of this house, um, this holiday home, and then when the last name appears, the camera just pans to the right, and there is your character who's been waiting all that time for his cue. It, it, it's very like 60s filmmaking, and I quite like that. It's a love letter to those movies. Cool. Um, all the characters as well don't have names. The characters are called Nobody, CEO, Wife, and Gardener. Cool. Don't need to know their names. Don't worry. It's an indie drama thriller. It's an exercise in slow burning entertainment for 90 minutes. Jesse Plemons once again, proving is an A-list star. What a, what an actor. I think he has
1: genuinely made the leap. I know it's not happened recently. It happened like mm. year, year two, three, probably before lockdown. He is
0: arguably A-lister. Definitely. I,
1: it's definitely the biggest name in that cast list. And there's some good names in that
0: list. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Breaking Bad was obviously one of those roles that you like. Jesus, he, he's good. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, now rubbing shoulders with, you know, your Johnny Depp's in movies like Black Mass. He's obviously been in. Um, it, I think the rating the Irishman was a big thing as well because yeah. of the amount of cast in it, but it was
1: Jesse Plemons whose story you follow. Yeah. That was quite cool.
0: You've also got, he's, he's obviously starring with De Niro and um, DiCaprio in The, the Shadow Next of one. the Moonflower, yeah. whatever that film is finally going to be called when it comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 interesting. Fargo season two. Oh, yeah. He's He's just that guy that's just reliable. And watching it, you can't help but get sucked into his character and thinking, oh, he just perfects it. Like, but the takeaway from this was he's this obnoxious, horrible CEO, billionaire, businessman who, you know, this, this robbery is an inconvenience to him. Yeah. You know, it's like, just get away, get out of my house, take what you want, I'll pay you off, just leave, you know, this kind of thing. But completely believable as a character. The way he moves, the way he talks, the way he's dressed... You know, his his actions, his reactions. I was in awe of it. I thought, Jesse, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I can 100% believe that that is a real character. And I think they saw the time. There are certain actors I love and appreciate. And there's a movie that I'm not going to talk about this week because I was really disappointed by it. And that's a Hugh Jackman uh, reminiscence movie that's come out. Yeah. And he's one of them actors where I'm like, it's Hugh Jackman doing that. Hugh Jackman is being that person. Hmm. I'm never like, what's that character's name? You know, I L- 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 yeah. know Logan. Yeah, that's about it. But um, with Jesse Permins I'm always like, I, I, every time I watch it, I, it just morphs into that person. It's a player. human chameleon, mate. But that is what acting is, James. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a charismatic person. But then you said we grew up in a world, we
1: we grew up now It's Ryan Reynolds. It's, 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 it, there is a product that I can't think of at the same time, but we don't get sold, we don't get sold Deadpool we get sold Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, as Deadpool. Yeah. that's what we get sold on was Jesse Plimmons going against the great man he's not The Rock as Jono he's he's Dave the millionaire yeah. <laughs> sorry well, I ran, this I ran case, out of cool names in this case he's just
0: CEO yeah exactly um, like I say it wraps around these three uh, characters and, it, and like I say it's one of those Coincidence is, you know, the the robber, the guy, you know, Jason Segel's character was on his way out the door, stopped for a last minute, kind of root around see so if there's any money in, in the drawer, and he gets caught and then he has to stay. And, you know, so it's a movie where you're not rooting for anyone. It has a very satisfactory ending. In 90 minutes, it kind of gives you three character arcs and then the outcome, you're like, yeah, I can get behind that. I think that's the, the way this film should have ended. Jason Seal, the tall, comedic actor, usually.
1: Yeah, he's not mean. Mm.
0: like, love you, man. Yeah. Obviously, how I met your mother. I think he's brilliant. I genuinely do think
1: he's really cool. I, know, I like that he stepped away from comedy and mm. is now doing this because he did that film a few years ago. The Anthony Hopkins, Yeah. Was oh. that no, was the. That's one about it proves someone proves Proofs life proves the afterlife. I thought yeah. it was called that. So this is
0: the same director. oh cool. And so and again, I think Jason Siegel rang him up. Sorry, I didn't write the guy's name down. Um, rang him up, said I've got this idea. They could they conceived Zoom over call. Zoom, and then there they they made it. So it's the same director, Lily Collins' husband. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's like I said, it's ninety minutes. It's it's a film that you're not guessing, you're not like, oh, I how it's all going to play out. It's, it kind of, it has a narrative and you, you just got to follow it and see how these three characters interact. But I thought, I thought it was really entertaining. The dialogue between them is very well written. It's a good script. You yeah. know, the characters act, you know, she acts like the wife of a millionaire tech tycoon, billionaire tech tycoon who, you know, isn't with him for the money. You know, she has her own agenda. She has her own business. She has her own mind, her own uh, motivations, you know, he is a robber that's down on his luck, but he has a motive. Is this a freak robbery or actually is this targeted because he used to work for this horrible CEO character? The CEO character who's made money because he created an algorithm that basically tells businesses who they can get rid of from their staff to streamline ah, services. Cool. It's all wrapped around very neatly in a 90-minute film. That, nice. that I was like, yeah, pleasantly, pleasantly entertained for that time. Netflix movie. What's this one called? Windfall. Windfall. But for me, the the thing to take away from it is this: is the stylization of the movie. It is, let's say it starts with uh, Jason Segel walking through the backyard, which is an orangery, orange grove. Well, I don't know what the terminology is, and you kind of get grove. Godfather feels to it. You yeah. know, as he picks a he picks a, uh, an orange off the tree and starts eating it, and you're like, oh, this it does feel like a kind of Godfather ish movie. Ooh. Um, and you know, it's not told in a uh, Malibu. Um, you know penthouse suite or anything like that it's a you know it's an isolated film where it's mainly the three of them until the gardener turns up and then <sighs> they have the dynamic of having to hide while the gardener's doing the work and stuff so it's yeah it's it's good i enjoyed it windfall windfall yeah turning red i so want to
1: see this disney's latest pixar release Set in Toronto during 2002, turning red is the story of a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian, Mei Mei Lee, who discovers her ancestors have cursed all the women in her family bloodline. That's mm-hmm. us point out, it's not a curse. Story goes that she, she did a deal with a red panda so she could protect her family while her husband was away fighting. So there Love you go. a red panda, mate. My favourite animal. Anytime... I had to, no, I'm going to get into it. Anytime she suffers extreme emotions, she turns into a giant red panda... What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, quite high, because she's under a curse. <laughs> Dealing with a strict and overbearing mother, Maymay must learn to balance her emotions or risk her big secret coming out. But with the help of her three friends, Miriam, Pia, and Abba, maybe Maymay can survive. The Red Panda, the overprotective mother, the school bully, puberty, liking boys, going to the concert to see a favourite band, and everything else that comes with being 13. <laughs> um, I think, so this soul... Encanto, Enchan- Encanto. Ugh. Have we peaked? I know we haven't. Animation spectacular because this mate is like it's near perfect. Mm. It's got this beautiful star. Do you remember when you're playing a video game when you on your PlayStation Two? One thing you can never get right is hair. And then they seem to make like Sully and Monsters Inc. Just out of hair to prove that they could. Mm. And then you saw the Incredibles Two, or it might be the Incredibles. You saw pimples and uh, and yeah. and arm hair for the first time. This one, mate, is so next
0: level. Gorgeous animation. It it makes me envious, it's like in sausage pie. When you saw a Seth Rogan sausage, yeah,
1: you go. You, you, there's some things you never thought you'd see, no. and you never, th- I never thought I'd see like this peak animation. However, I'm a big fan in animation, and you know, looks not being everything because I'm ugly as fuck. <laughs> Great voice acting. You 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 got to have that playful banter here. And what I like about here is Asian cast because it's an Asian story. Um. Carries on the constant this new theme about there being no villain, you know. The last few films, you know, in Canto, there was no villain, it's about something different. It's about the overbearing, uh, the overbearing, you know, father figure, uh, matriarchal figure, you know, someone that you've got impressed in your family. And I think that actually works. And it's, it's not, there's not a film that's been different, and it's so like in Canto, like the same themes of family and that type of thing that it, it kind of just makes you think too soon maybe next year you know have a film that came out with about about a sponge that had a fight with a pirate there you hear something a bit different you know <laughs> something a bit different but now it seems to be going this way where there's no villain and I've said that as a negative and it's really not I love the fact that you know frozen is about sisterhood it's not about you know love Maymay is about friendship like the calmness that she gets isn't through her mother because her mother's constantly on her back and embarrassing her in these great scenes like and we've been there not mm. to the same example but Maymay needs to succeed to impress her mother So Maymay writes, like has a secret diary where she puts all her teenage thoughts and her mum discovers it and thinks that like the local boy in the shop has been kissing her. So he like drags her there and embarrasses Maymay in front of everyone when she's screaming at this kid. And we've all had situations kind of like that where your parents have embarrassed you and that releases the red panda for the first time because she's so embarrassed. The emotion gets so overwhelming. It explodes. Panda hilarity. Really good film. Really enjoyed it. It's great. Family friendly. Got an epic ending. Like the ending's quite epic. But it's a friendship between is it
0: the- as epic as a giant Furby
1: though. I'm going to tell you, mate. maybe that's Mitchells
0: and the Machines. If you haven't seen it, yeah, check that film. Out? I'm
1: going to say, I'm going to say, May is uh, a great character as well. Mm. And I'm going to say that Turning Red wasn't even a pleasant surprise because I'm I'm used to it now. It met my expectations, which are quite high for Pixar at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's a fun film. You should check it out. You have got Disney Plus. I'm going to No see reason it. not to. Family friendly. There's there's stuff in it. You like I will gravitate towards the dad because the dad's very basic in the background, mm. and he's the dad, mate. Hero, hero of the stories.
0: Every time, every time someone's ever going, go someone in the background, the dad's doing. Like, so check out the dad. He's brilliant. Do you think right? So with animation, it's, it's a beautiful medium because you're right. It translates to stories. You know, I imagine this a sort of writing room somewhere where they've got a big pot and they're like, it's about family, yeah. knowing who you are, heritage, you know, it's yeah. you know, history, and they're throwing these storylines, which is great and, and, you know, brilliant stuff. Emotion, you know. But we've seen it also translate to comedy, action, you know, it's a very versatile. Do you think we'll get a horror that is genuinely terrifying that is an animation? Yes. I don't understand why it, it lends itself perfectly as well, because you... The, chan- the
1: choices that you can take, the chances, the different art styles. That The problem is I always found anime fans, some of the least, not welcoming, but it's harder to break into anime because there's such a, you don't know where to start, if that mm. makes sense, because there's so much, there's a rich heritage, you don't know where to start. And you get all these fans when you shouldn't start these shows. It's like It's very confusing for me. Mm. So I know there's probably an anime out there that people would say, oh, it's great, it's so scary, it's brilliant. But it's, it's really hard to find that as someone who has no experience of anime. Yeah. So um, I don't understand why they don't take more risks. I think there was a, was it After Earth? AE? Not the Will Smith one. It mm. was like a uh, cartoon, uh, an animation with Matt Damon. It was the first sci-fi comic. Titan AE. Titan AE, thank you. That was done outside of Disney. I believe it was mm. someone else. It might have been DreamWorks or something. I don't remember. But, you know, it took a chance. I miss taking chances on animation because it's such a
0: beautiful medium. And I, th- I think you're right. I mean, someone's probably listening is going, there yeah, are horror. And, yeah, and exactly. I get that. And, and, you know, Coraline is a very spooky stop animation, you know, and Tim Burton's obviously done Nightmare Before Christmas which is stop animation. But I mean, I mean like, you know, an exorcist, um, Halloween style, which I would argue terrifying, atmospheric, 18, more realistic action as well. Or, you know, more of an action film that's, you know, two dimensional Mm. as opposed to Actual live action, you know, you could do a ghost story t- yeah. type thing, you know. And I know these characters lend themselves really well to kids' movies. You know, you got the, you, you got the Hotel Transylvania three of them now, whatever it is. You got Paranormal, and I know that horror or at least spooky, kooky kind of falls into it. Um, but I mean, you know, like a genuine terrifying. Let's make one. I mean, I can't draw for shit, <laughs> so <if> I'm out. <laughs> I'll doodle. <laughs> And maybe is if you listen to this and you know one, do write us in, let us know, give us a recommendation because yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, scream at us for missing the obvious that we've probably done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's more than likely going to be shorts that are terrifying, yeah. you know, and it, because I think also um, animation works really well with silent, which could be scary. You know, the absence of sound, the absence of screaming, the absence of, you know, noise can be quite a, um, scary, atmospheric, uh, trait that animation can sometimes give.
1: Sure, we did an episode several months ago, it might have even been over a year now, where we looked at short films. Mm. The only reason I bring up is because on my Netflix the other day was like, you know, you've got the Would You Like to Rewatch? Yeah. And they came up and I remember thinking of that horrible short about that. Did you ever watch that one where the African-American kid is Groundhog Day? He read does the day every day no you keep, told me about it keeps that, getting yeah. killed by the cop i just which is that was on then i was just remembering what a powerful like mm. 15 minutes that was that was such a powerful 15 minutes and you just think that's that's amazing translate that to animation which is what you're talking about sorry
0: i've gone on a bit no of a sorry tangent, we've not. seen this all the time don't we? animation documentary is two of the best mediums of uh, mm. films and storytelling and probably the ones that we don't cover the most which is well yeah, i've done about animation us, <laughs> oh yeah animation yeah <laughs> um right then should we go on to wall smith
1: I mean, have we got enough time? I thought we were pampering out, mate, so we, we didn't were. have to.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were. I made the notes now. So
1: so, so I'm going to start off here. You know, congratulations, Will Smith, because when we looked at your
0: filmography, it's been obvious you've been after the Oscar for a while. Yeah, I mean, obvious one strike there. Concussion, Pursuit of Happiness, £8. Is that what that film was called? I don't know. Yeah, Ali.
1: Why well, don't I say it was the Happiness, but with a still pissing me off? Huh? Mm. Um, you know, Ali was probably, I thought, the one that you were closest with. You know, you know, you can't win them
0: all, Will Smith. But finally, it's your year. Hopefully, you don't do anything to fuck it up. This is incredibly odd, isn't it? The the I, I didn't watch the Oscars. we talked about this numerous times. But for any new listener, very anti-Oscar on this well, program. We did used to watch it together. Did, used to watch it to mock it, James. <laughs> yeah. And, and this year, it was like, no, fuck that. No, I'm not wasting bed. my time Fucking going to bed. Losing an hour. It's daylight savings time. I'm not. I'm not staying up for the Oscars. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I I, I I, don't really get the Oscars. I don't get celebrating someone to, to that level for doing what is their job.
1: Seth <laughs> like, Rogen said it perfectly. He says, he, when they were asking him out, is the Oscars fan? And he said, I don't care about the Plumbers Awards, so why would you care about the acting awards? And he nailed it on the head. Yeah. He nailed it on the head. He's like, it's a really good point. Yeah. Go self-flagellate yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get, you know, a lot of money to do a job where you play pretend to be someone else, where people fucking who's the best liar yeah who, you get people that calling on you you know your trailer you, you know you get flown off to these exotic locations sometimes to do these movies where everyone pampers you and then you get an award and we all get to celebrate and clap it's it's a bit up its own ass and and also oscars award ceremonies notoriously uh misrepresent horror comedy never not for nominations stunts Stunts, yeah. This year they got rid of uh, the uh, best score. Hans Zimmer. I don't understand any. Of winning this. his second Oscar, not invited to the ceremony.
1: They, do, they they've removed like some of the more interesting ones because when I used to watch the Oscars, I didn't. You kind of knew the big ones, mm-hmm. you know, like Joker. We'd seen that type of thing, but the but the documentary one. It was always interesting. because, oh, that's really cool. Because I remember we watched a ceremony once and that's what made me watch The American Workplace, a documentary
0: founded mm. by the Obama's. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was amazing. But I didn't know about that until the Oscars. Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm not really a big fan of the Oscars. now. Bullshit. Fuck, what the hell happens this week when Will Smith goes on stage and slaps Chris Rock? I If you had said to me before I checked the news that morning someone assaulted someone on stage at the Oscars, Will Smith would maybe have been bottom of my list because yeah. known as being, you know, uh, the, 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 the... The smiley guy, the yeah. happy guy, the happy-go-lucky chap, you know, tells a joke. That's literally what Family his whole career friendly, is. Come on, yeah, exactly. Family-friendly Will Smith, who is everyone's hero and, and he's world-renowned and he's well-respected in multiple countries in, uh, across the world. You know, he's a global star. Uh, you know, so thinking that he went on stage <laughs> to assault someone is fucking weird. Yep. And the fact that he had a, he was in the front running to win the Oscar. It was, you know, a is lot he of people were saying it's his night. Yeah, you know, and also the Oscar is a bit of a giveaway. It's like, well, yeah, can you sit just there, bottom of the stairs, nearest to the stage? Cool. Yeah, uh, you, the, you go sit yeah. the back. Andrew Garfield, <laughs> just round that corner, please, just bud. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, <laughs> literally, there's a picture of Andrew Garfield like sat behind about eight tables back. You ain't won it. <laughs> 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 so, that you know, but seeing it, that so that what Chris Rock said, the joke. Was incredibly like shit. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, referencing a movie. What? Four fucking years ago? That's, that's, that
1: was my point. because I? When I heard about it, so the first thing everyone said was, "Was it a stunt?" And I was like, "Well, if you look at the timing, literally last week, every major newspaper and news organization, organization, what was what with what is what is happening in the mid, uh Eastern Europe? Everyone was basically like." Sh- should we really sit around a party and t- t- congratulate each other about how awesome we did in a film? You know, are the Oscars dead? I remember on the BBC website, like the most read was like, who gives a crap about the Oscars? Because that's what the BBC do. They mm-hmm. write it down. <laughs> you had members of the academy, like Seth Rogen, going, no, it's bollocks. Why do you care? And then I woke up that morning, and the front page news wasn't about any of what's going on. It's about Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. And I remember thinking, eh? So was it a stunt? No, I don't think it's a stunt because, one, Chris Rock is not that good of an actor. He gets slapped in the face. He doesn't know what's happening. Mm. And if you're going to reference a film, why reference this film that no one's thought about in years? (laughs) I was like, G.I. Jane 2, the only reason I remember it was because at the time was Demi Moore's got the best hair. She shaved it off. Mm. I was thinking, well, Alien 3 would have made more sense. You know, a reference because the Alien franchise is more important. (laughs) Fucking G.I. Jane. It was like, we'll call you a G.I. Jane 2. I was like, what does she reference?
0: And, and take away the gossip that, you know, he'd, there's rumours that Chris had said he was going to say that joke and the Smiths were fine with it and then they reacted. Take away the the fact that if you watch, it looks like Will Smith laughs first, then sees Jada's response and then goes up and slaps him. Yeah. Take all that away. What you've still seen is an assault yeah. on someone on stage or maybe the biggest ceremonial platform in the world, yep. televised in all countries across the world, and the person then just sits back down after doing it, like then that's a, okay, and then wins an Oscar thirty minutes later. So here's my first thing: why didn't they eject him there and then? Yep. Oh, it's because they knew over, he'd won. Yeah, go over to him and be like, uh, "Sorry, Mr. Smith." Walk off. Sorry, you don't get to assault people. Yeah, Could you, you please leave? <laughs> so now the Academy are reviewing it. In fact, it's actually, by the time we've, we're recording this episode, yes. on the thirtieth, so Wednesday the thirtieth, it'll have come uh, out. I think it's then, probably yeah. going to be out by the time we finish. Whether or not they're going to retract, I don't the think Oscar. they will.
1: So I don't think it will because, because they've apologised now. So what I, So just whilst we're on this as well, just quickly, I want to get my, my two Ps worth. It sets a dangerous precedent that if you and I went to a comedy show and we saw Dar O'Brien and he tells a joke I don't like, am I within my rights to go up there and smack him now? No, Judge, because you don't earn millions. Like, that's what I mean. What a double weed standard it is. It's, right, if you don't like a joke, that's fine. Don't laugh at it. Mm. If the joke is in poor taste, you have the right to stand out and say something. So scenario, what makes more impact... He says a joke about his wife, who's suffering from alopecia, is alopecia, isn't it? Yeah. I believe that's the term. It's alopecia. Alopecia, Makes her uncomfortable. You, Will Smith, a very successful man, go up there and slap him in the face, and then 20 minutes later, you accept an award from the same people that essentially just took the piss out of your wife, and you talk about how how sorry you are to everyone but Chris Rock, and then you are seen at an after party, getting smashed up, mate, having drinks with uh, Denzel Washington and DJ Khalid. You are the bee's knees. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Chris Rock makes a joke that you don't agree with. You leave the Oscars, you win an Oscar, but they have to turn around and go, shit, he's not here to do his acceptance speech because we pissed him off and he left. So the story is Chris Rock and the Academy has basically shamed Will Smith and Jada Picknett-Smith to leaving so that when he won the Oscar, they were basically like, shit. Mm. Makes a bigger story then, because now all we're talking about is, you know, this slap that happened. I feel really sorry for Jada Picknett-Smith. She's, <laughs> she's the subject of a really poor joke and it's all anyone's talking about because Rusman went up and slapped someone. she have just left. Would have made a much bigger mm. statement. And hindsight's great. Hindsight's brilliant. And Will Smith, obviously, just done fucked up, mate. But there's a lot of things. Yeah.
0: What I don't get about this whole scenario is you're right completely is that I think, you know, if you look at someone like Jeremy Clarkson punches someone off air and loses Top Gear. Yeah. Right? So the BBC are like, no, we don't condone violence. And you shouldn't. You know, and I get that that guy, that victim sued or, or press charges and Chris Rock isn't. Mm. But regardless, you're right. You're setting a bad president. You, you, you're kind of accepting the fact that anyone can walk on stage and, and take that. Also, it's a joke. It's not even, I, I'm, I am i have got halopecia and, and I, it is known as a disability. I appreciate that. And it's hot and faded compared to the compare Golden Globes and Ricky Gervais, who fucking laid into everyone. But there were jokes that night from Amy Schumer and the other hosts that were targeted. That's that is the point of you know the the hosts that they get or the host ever really most of the hosts since James Franco when he did it piss poor. Yeah, the whole point is roasting celebrities that no one dares roast. I think that's I think Ricky Gervais sums it up
1: because he does everyone. He did everyone mm. and he goes with them with such callous attitude that, that it's hilariously funny. And do you know what? Bearing in mind that the Oscar winner will get up and probably fucking, you know, mm. give me a speech about how i fucked the environment up whilst he's driving around his jet. Still not letting it go. It's two years later, fuck you, Joaquin mm. Phoenix. But it's kind of nice to see them get their comeuppance when Ricky Gervais takes them down at a step or two because Ricky Gervais is more like me than Will Smith, for example. Yeah. So it's good to see, like, Ricky Gervais literally annihilate these people. I just don't understand because it's such a... It was such a shit joke that even if you thought it's funny, you'd get a, eh. yeah. that was it. It wasn't like everyone was turning around and laughing. And again, is disability. I imagine the psychological problem of an is so much worse than the physical because you're worrying it's like a cycle. I don't know what it's like. I know that she's spoken out recently about how difficult it's to live with. But don't laugh. Don't accept your reward. Mm. Hitting someone over that is...
0: The high ground would have been, yeah, like you say, not laughing, making a statement, leaving... And then, you know, or in your acceptance speech, addressing it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, just like taking it and going, you have shamed me. Yeah. And then just leave. <laughs> because, oh, I I, I just don't get as well in the amount of steps that, he, you know, the standing up, the decision to walk on stage, the steps to walk over, all of that. No point in his head thought, this might be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, okay, there's a delay. It's like half an hour ahead or whatever, 15 minutes ahead because they have to cut for the adverts and all that yeah. shit. Um, you know, any thought in his head that this might not be it. Everyone has a camera, WarSmith. <laughs> Everyone has one attached to the phone. It's just, it's odd, isn't it? That you think that a, it was Walsmith that assaulted someone and, and just the fact that what, so now we live in a world where this can happen. Well, what's really weird is have you been reading the stuff that the Oscars
1: has had happened before? So there was an Oscar ceremony once and someone went up and said, can we keep native Americans in America? Can we portray them more, um, portray them more respectfully? John Wayne had to be removed from the stage because he tried to get up there and punched him in the head. Well, so, this, is, well, this is the same with Marlon Brando, one didn't he? And he yeah, and he sent yeah. someone who just like, "No, go refuse this for me." That's 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 a power move. That's like, don't even go and send mm. someone else to piss
0: on your award. Just a clown. <laughs> I was just send a clown, just Google. I, I sent Adam Sandler, mate. <laughs> just decide <this laughs> Adam Sandler holding my trophy. Joe just Pesci like- walks up, grabs it, thanks. Yeah, walked off. That was it. No speech, right. no political statement. No, you know, here's my five minutes to you know. So they, so I think some people are thinking this, whilst it's a negative, it might've saved the Oscars. It's got
1: interest in the Oscars. It hasn't because what, one of the biggest failures for me are, and I'm going to forget the name of the film. And this is my point is Apple TV. have just won best film with a primarily deaf cast. Oh, Coda. Coda. Mm. That's it. Thank you. And it's, it's new level. It's, it's absolutely new. level. No one has ever really thought about this at all. You know, it's, it's completely new. It's a, it's an Academy first. It's very inclusive. This film was apparently amazing. You know, I haven't I don't have an Apple TV um, so it's supposed to be like this amazing thing, and the Oscars that it wins, nobody. It will be known as the one mm. where Will Smith slapped the slapped Chris Rock, and
0: I keep the one saying the Rock. And imagine if that happened because the Rock would have killed him. Really? That's the other thing. Fucking okay, let's see you go against. I mean, Will Smith. You're six foot two, and you know Chris Rock is about four foot three. Just
1: <laughs> like anyone else, might even have done that. I
0: d- I d- yeah, it just sits really bad. The more I think I about, mean, you know, because I like Will Smith. I've always liked Will Smith, but you just cannot condone violence in that way that you think that that is any way acceptable. So, okay. Warren Will Smith's sons walks past and says something I don't like. So I can just slap him then, can I? Yeah.
1: Oh, please. If it's Jaden, please. That's what I mean. So there you go. (laughs) Just
0: fucking let's do him. There you go. So anytime anyone, you know, and I get it. The Smith said he is allowed to have the critics because of his job, but don't go after his wife. It's like, she's Okay. I, I don't know. I, there's, there are people also that have been cancelled in Hollywood for saying things. Yeah. Now I'm not going to go into details on that, but there are actors, directors that have said things that have th- or tweeted things. Well, and James been Gunn being the biggest one, they tried to cancel him. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, and and we're not getting into a battle of yeah, well, well he says, she says, yeah, yeah and, really. and you know that kind of thing, or 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 that that is any how do you rank we, them? We are literally not. We're just talking about this one situation, yeah. so we we don't want to do it. But the argument
1: being that people have done things and not gotten away with it. but not into specifics, but what Will Smith's fine to just walk around after well, with an Oscar will in his hand. I don't
0: think he will, but I don't think, I don't think he's getting canceled. I don't think he's going I don't to, think he is as well. I, I don't, but I, I do think he'll lose the award oh, or, I, or there will be some, the, the Academy cannot come out saying that it is as, and I, and I use this term loosely, what as woke as they think they are ever since crash mate, where they've changed their mind about who wins awards. They, 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 and you know, and ever since, particularly, was it like for the green book scenario? Yeah, you know, the the debacle with Moonlight and La La Land, and the fact that it's just become a joke that the award scenes don't mean anything. You know, and um...
1: the reason I don't think they'll take the Oscar back is because if they do that over one slap, then they'll start taking them back for allegations. So Kevin Spacey's won an award, but Kevin Spacey obviously has been cancelled, and if the rumor, well, and if, if the stories been... are true, then he has. But... So then they take that back. So where does it? Where does it end? Because technically, not guilty of anything.
0: I was going to say because he hasn't had a guilty conviction. Yeah. Um, there are accusations against him that you know that by and all then indications then, are, are true. And then
1: weirdly, everyone keeps dying before their trial. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, Weinstein's had his stuff revoked.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But but then, so where's it come? Because he's not pressing charges, he'd never be guilty of it. But we know he did it because we saw the Oscars, we saw Will Smith smack.
0: That's it. We've seen Rock. him do it.
1: It's like also, I'm going to put this out of there. What if you're going to make them punch him? He just slaps him. I do love the fact, and I'm going to say this is positive. Remove the Batman Robin meme. This is the new meme, Mm. (laughs) which is which is.
0: I've (laughs) never been there for and it's vicious.
1: I've never been there for creation of a meme. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) but it was it's a vicious slap. It's 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 disgusting to watch. It makes you feel somewhat sick to see it. Um, You know, it's a disgusting display of uh, of aggressive, toxic behaviour from a person you really don't expect it from. If you
1: look at his filmography, and I know you can't judge someone by the films they do, you wouldn't and. Do you know what's really stupid as well? This is the same person. This is an argument as well. It's the same person that says rap can be clean. You know, I know he never had technically a feud, but he and Eminem, you know, Eminem got popular from, you know, all his lyrics where he uses, you know, profanity. Profanity. Thank you. That, was, that was, was Will Smith, you know, famously did clean rap. Oh, but as far as I'm aware, Eminem never actually slapped someone on stage in front of everyone. Yeah. So he just sang physical, about him in the next song. Yeah, he, he just sang about him. He was just like, don't like you, do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> but you went up and you slapped someone and just like, get, and then use profanity. I'm not just saying it because afterwards, there's the afters where he's like, get my wife's name out of here. And he swore, which made me definitely think it's not a stun. That's
0: not a stun. Yeah. That's not
1: something Purely because the, they, what I imagine American mm. people are quite happy with the slapping and stuff, but you show a tit or you swear mm. the, fucking world oh, explodes. Yeah. Well, this
0: is the thing with the Super Bowl, isn't it? Like, you know, uh, Janet Jackson reveals a boob. Yeah. Accidentally. And he's fucking, and years <laughs> nuclear later, war. <laughs> years later, Maroon 5 singer takes his shirt off and you're like, okay, there's two nipples. <laughs> <laughs> what, did one cancel the other out? Yeah, I don't no, know. No one was watching, but it was Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> I, I don't know, you're right. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing and I think in reflection, I think uh, walking out of the ceremony would have been a greater stance and a greater position. To me, the sickly bit is sitting back down and just, and you know, you do something like that and you're front row. So you have 2000 people behind you just going, dick move. And then you win an award you have to and go you, up You've got
1: to thank them. Thank you for not getting in
0: the way when and I went up and slapped <laughs> <laughs> Like ain't sure. It is the weirdest, I think, I think nothing will top it in terms of the Oscars. I, I, you know that is the weirdest thing to happen.
1: The only thing it can be better. The only way is is in the next few years, Melissa McCarthy, like Melissa McCarthy, drop kicks someone.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, you never see it coming. She just fucking comes out I know, and drop kicks the rock. But this is it. I mean, the only the, I tell you what the Oscars will do. They'll try and get Chris Rock and Will Smith to present an award next year. Yeah, probably. Or, or and this is what needs to happen. Whoever wins,
1: if Will Smith is presenting an award, is someone or they'll come out with boxing gloves. <laughs>
0: come on, I'm ready for you. I've got a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Gervais will come out. So, so he's so, so there's the other thing, isn't it So, so what's the outcome now? Chris Rock's not pressing charges, he goes like, Oh, I, I stepped out of line, but you're a comedian, like that's, that's what you his do. job.
1: His career, though, is like, he's so. I'll be honest, I've heard a lot of people like Chris Rock, obviously famous for being a near the knuckle comedian. Recently, his shows haven't been getting that much exposure, he sold more tickets than he has in the last four years, in the last two days. Yeah, his shows have sold out in a matter of like seconds. Mm. I don't really know what they expect.
0: He, he's got one more joke now. <laughs> Yeah. So it's going to rewrite it based on this one experience. It's odd, isn't it? It's odd. It's odd because like you said, Chris Rock's not going to sue. He's not going to press charges. Duke uh, Kerry was on the good morning America wasn't it? and he I've was like, I would have sued 200 million the next morning <laughs> because he's right. Like Chris Rock's forever. That is in the public eye. Chris yeah. Rock being slapped by Will Smith for a joke and him then having to present an award afterwards, like shocks as everyone shocked. Like that's, that's out there. You can't undo that. There's the um, there's one thing. If it happened backstage or whatever that, but doing on on stage in front of everyone, it's it's so it's so
1: disrespectful
0: that he sat back down.
1: If, yeah. if Will Smith slapped them and then left, yeah, it, then you'd be like, oh, that's fine. But then you have to sit
0: in it, <laughs> so yeah. it's like someone does a Can fart imagine, and you all just sit there. <laughs> Will Smith went up on stage and just was like, look. I want you to apologise, and I just want to educate you now a little bit about it, because obviously, my wife, you know, that's it, very sentimental. It's a disability, yeah. you know. I think you really need to rein your your comedy in, and maybe think about obviously Or reference a more important <laughs> film. <Yeah>. <laughs> just, <laughs> just asked the bit I would take exception. GI james a shit film. Never, <laughs> So I won't associate you with this. I just, I, the more I think about it, the more perplexed I am. It, it, it
1: was weird, but do you know what? The most horrible thing to come out of this is, is. Jaden Smith did a tweet. It was like, that's how we roll. It's just like, if I ever see you in the street, I'll genuinely shoot you. I genuinely will murder move, you. That's isn't it? That's how we do. Shut up, Jaden Smith, you absolute asshole. Well, I wonder what other people have said, you yeah, know, with the podcast, because it, it's really one of these things that I, I think will stick around, but well, I hope that we don't talk about it because I think next and next year they'll be presenting an award together. It'll be a joke or yeah I think that's it I think that's the only way the academy can respond and then they make a joke about it and they make a very specific joke about it like they'll come out and
0: Chris Rock will bring out I just gloves. think it's too it's too exposed to let it go yeah you know if so let's say I had a guest ticket and I went on stage and slapped him yeah you know you I would get taken out back and have the shit kicked out yeah, of yeah and I'd be in a prison cell you know and, and I'd be disgraced that everyone would drag my name through the mud. no one would be sticking up for me oh he's probably stressed you know, you, this and no. I like, like, I love the fact that I, they would interview me, mate, and I go, "He'd been planning it for wanker, years, <laughs> mate." Honestly, honestly, uh, total tosser. He aces Chris Rock. The, <laughs> the, the uh, yeah. So on uh, closing note on it, I, I I don't think they can let it go. I just don't think that you can. Don't think you can just walk on stage and slap someone, then swear twice. Yeah. And, and you, you know and, and do and, and and the and the academy go yeah all right, we'll let we'll let just that bit of violence go. Yeah, the rest of it is fine. You know, we're we're not we're not tolerating anything else. But that well, that that gets a little past because it's Will Smith.
1: I genuinely think I don't think I'll take the award away because I lip, maybe they won't give it
0: take it away because they are judged by the performance. But I think they might not get
1: invited next year. Yeah, I something think there's, like, there's like that. There's a repercussion. There's well, a ban. There, there, there. There'll be a ban or something. But I don't think they've got it in them to like purely because of the open. You know, he slapped someone. What about? You know, Robert Downey Jr. has got a history of light like, violence. You know, DUIs and that sort of thing. Do you take that away, Ristola? It opens up so many questions if they actually do that. And I'm not saying they shouldn't.
0: I'm just saying I don't think they will. Yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. served the time, paid the price, done yeah, the punishment. It was just, it was just an example. And say someone did himself. That. Uh, yeah, I think this is this is an act on their ground, their turf, under their watch.
1: Yeah. Still. You know. Still, it's one of those things I don't think it will, however, could be wrong. It's also something mm. I think this is really important. About. I actually really don't care that much about it. If it's a stunt, it's not word, because I don't still don't care about the Oscars. It's not I, a stunt. It's there next to Morbius, mate. I still don't give a shit. I, yeah. I, I was very, when I, so I was away. And I woke up Monday morning I didn't expect to see Will Smith Slaps the slaps Chris Rock. <laughs> I was like, that's,
0: that's, that's weird. What film was that? Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, this is the other thing. In, in 20 years, the Americans <laughs> will make a film about it. Yeah. they win an Oscar. <laughs> that's
1: when he'll be invited back. Yeah.
0: But there also with like the war going on at the moment and the conflict, and it's like, you know, all the celebrities like just etching to get together to sing a like the song just, <laughs> it was just up there fucking slapping oh uh, I'd rather a slap than listening to fucking Gal Gadot to teal the world shut the fuck up yeah imagine all the people uh, yeah it's, it's an odd we'll see we'll see what happens Um but it's just, just the bizarrest <laughs> thing I've everything that's happened this week in the news <laughs> or even for the, easily the the last year, this is the most <laughs> mind-boggling.
1: I know this happened after, but if I'd, heard, if I'd heard the full Monty News before, I would have forgotten
0: about it, which would have really upset me. Yeah, <laughs> I was really excited to talk about the uh, Barry Keenan uh, scene that's been released by Matt Reeves. So we yeah. talked, we, Matt you, Reeves had said it was coming. Good scene. Yeah. Good scene to take out of a movie. Esther really liked it.
1: She's really liked it. She was oh my God, is he going to be in the next film? And I was like, probably. And that's went, a better scene than the one they kept in. <laughs> Yeah. Well the little teaser at the end. Yeah. I they um, Esther has to have what I thought it was like, no, I haven't watched it. I don't want to watch it. I I I will watch it at a later date.
0: Oh, the scene. You haven't seen the scene? I've refused to see the scene. I know we posted it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, it's worth watching.
1: No, everyone's told me all about it. Esther's like told me an explanation. And I've heard so many things. But you know when it won't match what you expect in your head. They've
0: done a frosted glass thing. Yeah. And then you see a snippet of his mouth and then you see a snippet of his eyes, and someone very clever is put the two together to show you what he looks like. It is fucking horrific. That Joker, that he's yeah. that a Joker that has been through the war, you know, like his fingers are all bleeding and the nails are gone and his hair's all like falling out. Like, yeah, he's, I, he, he's not, he's not moisturized. <laughs> oh my god,
1: that's the worst thing. Yeah, so I am gonna watch it. I'm just, I'm just waiting.
0: He's not as, I will say, he's not as um jokery. Yeah, he's not as insanely laughing. I mean, he does laugh in a scene, but. He's not as unhinged as like you know the, the the I suppose the the Jack Nicholson version, yeah, you know, or definitely the animated Mark Hamill uh, Joker, but well, it, yeah, but cool. he is he is a, he, he does come across as a as a psychopath. So based on the, the snippet that you saw, would you like to see him in a feature film? Apparently, so Matt Reeves has come out to say um, he's he's excited to see what Warner Brothers do with him, which is a not, which to me says TV series. Oh, okay. Because the, the Arkham spin-offs come coming. Yeah. But then he says, I might also get the, the chance to play with a character as well. Yeah. Nothing's off the card. So I think the smart movies bring him into the third movie if, they, if they're going to do a Matt Reeves trilogy. If
1: they do that, I don't want overexposure though. I'm sick of overexposure. Well, then again, what do I know? Because I'm still going to go watch it. So <laughs> that's why I don't understand. Mm. It, it's got me. I've got hero fatigue, but I'm still watching him. No, I I'm still yeah. going to go out. I'm still going to go out at
0: midnight to watch him. Just a loser, mate. Um... What do you want to do about? Because we're an hour and a half in, I almost don't want to talk about Walsmith now. I um, could talk, talk about his top three. Stars. I just feel like celebrating something when I'm so against the action. Yeah, that's true. And we always say this, you know, celebrate the work, not the man. Uh, you know, particularly when accusations come out. You know, I mean, Army Hammer had to eat someone to get this kind of exposure. Yeah,
1: and yeah, which is weird. Again, not guilty of anything. Gone, cancelled. Mm. Yeah. Will Smith won't get canceled, but I, I
0: think I almost feel bad now celebrating. I will say I did have a top three that I did have a top three. You know, he, he went slapping.
1: Well that's the thing, is we decided so we planned two episodes. We planned to do Independence Day, and then that would branch us onto Will Smith because Will Smith was up for the Oscar. It looked like he was gonna win it. Mm. Um I've even gone out and seen King Richard for this episode. Good. Yeah. Um oh very he is very good. I don't actually like the I as a, as a viewer of tennis, I never really liked the, the man, and that's purely because I don't like tennis because of the grunting. Did Because I hate it. And he comes across as like a borderline arsehole, mm-hmm. which is really good performance, because I
0: genuinely thought that the actual person, when I saw him, was like, he looks like an arsehole. Did you see the Amy Schumer, the cracking joke when she goes... Um, she goes like, No, no she, goes, <laughs> she goes, um, it's great that, you know, in a time where film was criticised for not being uh, diverse and inclusive, we've, we got a movie about uh, two black uh, athlete sisters dad yeah <laughs> that's it sounds a good joke
1: yeah ain't no one's slapping anyone about that no but you know what you know i'm I'm with you an hour and a half we we spoke about the thing we can't turn around and go you shouldn't have done this and then go oh but he's already <laughs> but if you like him mm. check out these three films um disappointed let us down
0: yeah i just yeah you have Well, you've let us down um so I guess we're, we're at the end. No, we can, we can, you can say what your top three are. I just don't want to go into him.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, my top three, I um, Six Degrees of Separation at number three, which, I,
0: which I imagine would be at the top of a
1: lot of people. Ali, mm. um, my number one, and it's the personal I don't think it's his best film, but it's my favourite of his films, and I decided to do it as me. Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman. I, I really do like that film. Gene Hackman is perfect Gene Hackman, and just mm. Hackman-y enough. <laughs>
0: Enemy of the is my three. Yeah, because because it, I know it's it, not it, everyone's. I also think Enemy of the State is a movie that is gone now. It, well, it's, some we accept... Cast, yeah, but I thought we the the storyline. The storyline's like, yeah, we've accepted the fact that we're on the constant suspense, which is like, yep. Yeah, there's that, <laughs> there's that. But, you know, you know, because Enemy of the State, it has been done, you know, it's the fugitive style yeah. on the run, you know, the government after you, the black van following you. Storyline. I I like that film. I think Gene Hackman and Warsmith work really well together in the scenes. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Byrne showing up for a spotty. Yeah. And it's got that big ending as well where you don't think that is how that movie's going to yeah. end. Like, no way do you think that. It's so it's surprising twists and turns. And the thing I admire most about it is you, don't get, you won't get a movie like that now. No. I, th- I think the days have gone of that kind of... Um, and Will Smith was at the right level of celebrity to do that film at that time. He
1: was, and he's able to have fun with it, but he's also got a serious role. I think it's one of his roles is the most unique where he can have he can play different aspects of it. And like I say, it's a sporting cast. You've got fucking Jack Black randomly in it yeah. and a John Voight being a cock. That's well, John Voight, isn't it? Being a cock. Yeah. So no, I'd really be a fan of that. I remember when I saw that in cinema, I was like, this is a film... Also, when they use the satellites for overhead, it's the same one that they use in mm. 24 in the first episode. There you go. Nerded out for you. There you go. In <laughs> uh, number two from his Ali. Yeah, it's, it's a good film. And do you know what? Ali is one of the ones that... I still I liked the film and I thought Wilson did a good job. Mm. The character of
0: Muhammad Ali, though... I still don't think it's the definitive film. No, I I I'd 100% agree with that, James. I think it's a good take on that character. Well, I it's did, right. We it, it, <laughs> were talking earlier about Jesse Plymouth evolving into characters. I watched Will Smith pretend to be Ali. I did. Yes. I, didn't, I wasn't yeah. like, oh, there's Ali on the screen, you know, which is hard because Ali is such a character himself. Exactly. And he's, you know, world great. Maybe um, he's too big you know, to actually be. I, well, it, it's it's doing, it, you want, you want to do what they're doing with the Elvis movie and take someone who's relatively new up and coming in unknown and doesn't have the gravity and Walshman by this it's point has. a adds, really good show you know, actually, yeah. I think if you brought someone in who, now it's dangerous because obviously there was that Superman movie with uh, Brandon Roth. Brandon Roth? Yeah.
1: Superman Returns, I still maintain it's a great film. Where he's I'm cast on his
0: looks for looking like Christopher Reeves. Yeah. I think Ali will be something similar to that where there'll be, a, you know, a, maybe even a boxer, you know, it and, might make who, more sense. who kind of takes it in. But, I mean, everything about Ali was so unique. Why I would love the
1: story about Ali to be, and I, I know it's I know it's number two, and I'm not, but he shouldn't be the focus point. He should be like this amazing like character that you've seen about. He still is a periphery character, but it's the people around him.
0: Yeah,
1: that would be cool. That would be different purely because I genuinely don't think they could do justice to Ali because Muhammad Ali is arguably, I said arguably, internet, calm down, the greatest sportsman of all time. So everyone's got an opinion on him. You know, he the things he did. You know, like. There's a story there, even outside mm. boxing, you know, even like the political stance he took with his uh, religious change. So, there is a load of stories there. But whilst I thought Will Smith was okay, and it was no, he wasn't okay, he was good in Ali, just like you did when you mirrored me. It's just Will Smith pretending to be Ali. Mm. It's, it's not like Denzel Washington in the film The Hurricane. Yeah, I didn't think that he was pretending to be the Hurricane. I was like, oh my god, but then. I don't mean to be Dick, Dental Washington is a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. like a list here, and Will Smith's good in very certain roles.
0: <laughs> yeah, my number one has to be, Ben and Black. Yeah, it, it has to be. It's it, it, for me. It's a brilliant sci-fi alien movie. It has no right to be as entertaining. It stands up to the test of time. Will Smith, it like. Will Smith is being Will Smith in Independence Day, and it needs that because it is a a it's a big blockbuster B movie sci fi adventure you know, massive deal yeah. type thing. Whereas it, it Men in Black is like, yes, do the do the Will Smith thing that you're so known for, um, but also make it your own. And I, there's just something really cool I like about that character, kind of joining the academy, learning from the veteran, the the pairing of him and Tommy Lee Jones again, like Gene Hackman. It, it's Great relationship between the two. He does do well when he's got a gruff old man to go up against, doesn't mm. he? Maybe that's what was missing in Independence Day. He doesn't, there isn't an older man. And oddly, you know, was with going, the third Men in Black movie was the one he got the most pay-for ever, 100 million, and was the most successful of the three that he did. I really liked it. The, the time-traveling one with Josh Brolin, isn't it? Mm. Where he plays a younger
1: K. The only yeah. downside you could tell, Tommy Lee Jones was, was probably getting too old for these roles now, and that's why, because he, he looks old, he moves old. Mm. God, that was a terrible thing. So Tommy Jones is a phenomenal idea. just but you could tell
0: that like, he's only in at the beginning and at the end, he just kind of disappears, which is very sad. Mm. Yeah, but uh, you know I think that's uh, and then Will Smith also at that time of that peak had and still has the um, record for the most films to break hundred million at the box office consecutively. See eight of his films off the bat um, made the hundred million. There are, I mean, uh, you know, if, it's hard to choose between. The Bad Boys movies, which even, you know, I think Bad Boys 1 has got a lot of things to hold up to. Bad Boys 2, as a c- popcorn, y- you know, um, Martin Lawrence duo it's is a, entertaining. juggernaut action franchise. Yeah, and it kills me because it's Mark Bay. Pursuit of Happiness, enjoyed Ali, Independence Day, Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin, no one saw Aladdin being... He is the person to take I was going to say,
1: he was the, the perfect cast <clears> for that.
0: Yeah. Um, Hancock I enjoyed. Hitch. I enjoyed uh, Kevin Hancock. James. No, Kevin James was in no, Switch. No, it was Hitch. Was Hitch? Yeah, because he's the one that
1: Hitch tries to help. He does. Hitch does yeah. try to help him. Um, I, the problem with that is Will Smith. Had, I believe at the time there he'd had a few failures and he went back to type. So Hitch mm. to me is like he'd given up. He was like, "Oh, I need to do a hit film it was to, the to be relevant again."
0: The Gerald Butler thing of like you can always go back to the rom com because yes. people will flock to the cinema to see and it. and that's what he did. <clears throat> because you know Shark Tale, entertain him. Um, oh fuck off! I ain't Shark Tale. I didn't mind it. I didn't Get mind it. Get out the. Um, iRobot Robot, I enjoyed as well.
1: I do like iRobot Except for I did it really pissing me off. We we're supposed to be on his side, and he's like at the beginning of the film. He, he spends so much money on like
0: Converse shoes. I just think it's the fucking future. They got robots. I literally walked out of that cinema though and went and bought a pair of Converse. It worked then, didn't it? Yeah, I did. But that scene, I was I literally went straight to uh, what was the shop near the bus station in Lincoln. I didn't know which one you meant. Yeah, I literally went straight I don't think out. It's there anymore? No, I bought, <laughs> that was when you could buy a pair of Converse for like twenty quid. No anymore know. Oh, yeah. Can I just say that Down that street The best chippy in Lincoln Sign of the 100%, fish 100% Sound of the fish I thought yeah. it closed down no, it's, no, no. It,
1: But he's it, just got boardings around it I was in town mm. the other day Outside of work If you're ever in Lincoln Sound of the fish Sound of the fish
0: Beats Burton Road chippy every year I don't yeah, care what does. you say Yeah he does don't care what you mean that, He's got a tangy curry sauce mate It's delightful It haunts me in my dreams Oh, um, Yeah I, I mean His career's not without <clears throat> It's not without It's, not without, it's uh, Shit Shit yeah <laughs> Wild Wild West After Earth Suicide Squad Gemini Man Which sank. And talk about a Slap to the face Clatteral beauty Yeah <laughs> Fucking hell, don't love, get me started. I love that he said that he took on the role of um this is two things. He
1: said he took on the role of um Deadshot in the Suicide Squad because he wanted his kids to see him play a villain. Mm. All he had to do was wait till 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you've watched the Suicide Squad, he is the least bad guy ever. He's the one that's like, let's do the right thing. It's like, You're not even a villain,
0: Will Smith. Sure. He saw the franchise, did he? He's like, hold on. I can get away from these bunch. Yeah. Um yeah, I think, mean, you know, his bad has been bad. After If he described as the most painful part of his career. He's not spending so much time with his own son. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, for fuck's sake. Gemini Man as well was uh, that movie, because that, it's angly, the technology. He was right. It, 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 I, I think they thought it was going to be much better. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it. it, it you know, was what is it? I, fucking, what's his name? Clive Owen ruins that movie more than anyone. Yeah, Clive Owen fell, didn't he? You're talking about people that have fallen. Clive Owen, he used to have it just doesn't anymore. No, no. Um, And then obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about his rap career, which I know you're a big fan of the song Live It Up, which closed the 2008 uh, uh, Russia World Cup. Yeah, it's great.
1: No, it's us, mate. No, it's gonna jiggy with it. No! The two of us. Despite the, two the fact, of us. D- despite the fact it's about his arsehole kid. I still well, no, like it's not song. No, it's not about, about Jaden. Oh, it? It's about but-
0: the kid he had with his first marriage when that marriage broke down and it was his song to say, even though oh. we're not together anymore, I'm still your dad. Do you know
1: what? That's, very sweet song. That's really nice. Very, I mean, really like Then, then yes, it has gone straight back because there's nothing to do with Jaden, who, and I'm saying this now, and it's a Will Smith episode, he's the biggest threat to the yeah. human race.
0: <laughs> so no, the song you wrote about uh, Jaden was called Just the Get the Fuck Out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the get to fuck. <laughs> just now. <laughs> I've written you this song, Jay. And I was going, ooze, ooz, ooz. I've packed your bags. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a shame. It's a fall from grace. I think for WarSmith this week, it's not yeah. a, it's it's not a pleasant time. We joke, we jest, we take the piss, but ultimately, you know, I think someone you, told a joke you didn't like it, so you you resorted to physical violence yeah, like an ass. It's arsehole. going to be very hard to rebuild from this, and I don't care if it comes out that he's donated a shitload of money to to charity that he's rebuilding himself you know yeah. and all this kind of stuff and well, about the pressures
1: you've been under yeah doesn't matter. You, someone told a joke you didn't like it you smacked him in the head it's not a, it's not a good president to there set
0: was, there was a time because he, he slapped that guy on the red carpet that time What oh, did he so one of these like comedians and that does the tv shows where they try and get reaction out of celebrities oh right yeah so he basically lent into will smith and put his tongue in his ear and then will smith pulls away and kind of flicks him slaps oh, okay. him 100% behind him. The yeah, world was fine. behind Will Smith. Get your tongue out of his ear. Especially, yeah. like, it's just Mate, a terrible thing. In a post-COVID world, he would have also got extra points if he put him to the ground and punched him again. Yeah. So. But I, I think in this case, it does leave a bad uh, taste in the mouth. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's going to be able to get jiggy with it anymore, James. No, he still might. He's, Wild he's, Wild West 2 is on its way. Is it's, it's no longer his millennium. It's now ours. <laughs> Well, let's see. By the time we record our next episode, maybe judgment has been served or not. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a dark time I think, for Walsmouth. <laughs> So
1: I guess what we're trying to say is whoever actor or actress or director we pick next, uh, say goodbye to your career because that's usually how this directory goes. We used to like Kevin Kevin Spacey. He's gone. You, I, we, I did an episode about how much I liked Army Hammer and had to, re, re, had to rewrite my lines as we were recording because it came out he was a cannibal. And now Will Smith, you're dumb fucked. Uh,
0: <laughs> so Amy Adams, I'm sorry, right. you're back. <laughs> in, in, that, in, that, in fact, that next week, Adam Sutherland... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, this, um, this has been our show for this week. We're not sure what we're doing next week because, uh, yeah, it's bad omen if we announce it too soon. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about the Warsmith fiasco. Um, if you like this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe. We get a new episode each and every week. And if you leave us a review, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> I don't know. So just something. <laughs> so, something good. Yeah. Something good needs to happen. Something good happens. Uh, all right. it like not Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Goodbye.